What's up, everybody, and welcome back to BPX After Dark, where we focus on the events, silos, and goings-on of the world of block packs. Each week, we'll spotlight the past, present, and future of block packs through community-driven conversation, interviews, and of course, that juicy alpha you know and love. If you're a fan of TCGs, digital collectibles, fantasy sports, or even pina coladas and getting caught in the rain, you've found your new must-listen programming. Block Packs is more than just a company. It's an incredible group of fans of cutting-edge tech, high-octane collecting, and supportive community. Broadcast live each Thursday at 6 p.m. Pacific on X Spaces, we are brought to you by Radish Digital. That's digital with a J. I'm your host, GT, and I'm here every week to be your guide through Block Packs. Tune in and come join the conversation. And without further delay, let's get on to this week's show. Welcome, everybody. This is BPX After Dark, hosted by GT. This is Discord user Slappy White with Radish Digital. That's digital with a J. GT, how are you doing? Oh, hi, Slappy. How are we doing today? Great, great. And by the way, I love how much energy is in the air. You have Tech Super in the audience who is already requested to come on stage and ask a question. And our one of our two guests is here, but the other one isn't even up on stage yet. That's awesome excitement, huh? Listen, the vibes are immaculate today. I mean, I was having a hard time wrapping my head around everything that was going on. I had to listen to the State of the Union address twice, and I had students to work with today. I was all over the place, but listened to it one time in the car, had a little bit of time to digest. I mean, you know, nothing really, nothing really major happened, though. So I guess we can probably just, you know, cut it short today. Sound good? <laughs> all right, bye. But of course, it is capped off with a main event that happens today. And I have to say that I'm feeling really, really honored and privileged and to be able to host this BPX After Dark Space because this is the first time in which I'm going to be able to interview Frenchie, a.k.a. Jeff, who's, who's on stage with the gift of his time. And, of course, my old friend Eric, who is also on here, VP of Ops. And I want to talk to them about the incredible week that we've had in Block Packs. Today... They dropped what they're calling the State of the Union. I'm calling the Yellow Brick Roadmap because that's it's taken us all the way to Oz, baby. Everything that you need to know about HTH, about the drips, about the snap, about all the stuff is here for us tonight. And we are going to unpack that roadmap with a bit of a Q&A with the big dogs, Frenchie and Eric. So that's going to be most of our time tonight. And of course, because we are an incredibly strong community and we've got a lot of people listening in tonight, I do want you to know that if you have any questions that you would like to ask Frenchie or Eric, what I would like you to do is I would like you to post them in the Block Packs general Discord channel or in this X Spaces comment thread. Or, of course, you can come on up 
and ask your question to them in person. Now, we know that this may run long, so we do want to focus our questions specifically on what was discussed in the State of the Union address from today. We're going to have plenty of opportunities to discuss wonders and minors and the like, uh, but in the interest of time, I do want to be asking questions in the scope of what was released today. So with that in mind, I know I've got a lot of friends who were able to send me some questions. I will provide you with some credit on those questions tonight. But gentlemen, Eric and Frenchie, thank you so much for everything today. And thank you for hopping on stage to hash out some more of this epic news you shared with us today. Eric, how are you feeling today? Man, am I feeling great today. You know that I've been playing the game with teasing you guys, dropping the breadcrumbs, having some fun with your spaces. Uh, and it just it feels good to finally be able to take everything that we have been working on and just put it in one place for you guys to just absorb it and digest it. And it was really an electric feeling today. It, you know, there's moments where you're pulling your hair out, making sure the video is uploaded. You're getting everything ready for the announcement, crossing all your T's and dotting all your I's. And I mean, the team just they just put it together. It was it was really awesome to see everybody kind of pull their piece and, and put it all into one big state of the union. Uh, and I, I just couldn't be more happy and pleased with the way it turned out, honestly. I, I really want to give props to the, of course, the entire team was working on this, but the fact that you all were able to put a lot of information in a very, very digestible, even though it was a lot and we have questions, but we there, there was an incredible digestibility to the work that you were putting in, not just the Git book, but also in the video itself. It was slickly done. It was well presented. And I really give you all the credit in the world for that. Uh, Mr. Frenchy, how are you feeling tonight? Sorry about that. Thought I was off mute, but I wasn't. Uh, things are good, man. Um, yeah, it's been a pretty, uh, pretty wild afternoon and just trying to absorb. I've been talking to different folks from the community really since the news kind of dropped and just trying to get feedback and understand where people may have questions. I know that it definitely was a lot. The, um, we thought about different ways that we could drop it maybe in smaller chunks and ended up really kind of realizing that we had to had to kind of get all this stuff out at one time because it all really works together. And if you don't have all of it, it's really hard to start piecing it together. We we looked at maybe dropping it one piece a day over multiple days. And then we were just like, man, that's just going to confuse people and this is not going to work. So here we are. And then you got it. You know, it's it's interesting, Frenchie. I, I was working on my show notes and I was figuring out how to kind of organize our conversation tonight. And you're right. I was trying to think about which one, which silos to or which points to kind of prioritize. And they're all interconnected. And so it makes a lot of sense that obviously it was a 50 minute video and that's a lot to digest. But I think obviously having the conversation, having the opportunity to have conversation with you and Eric, I think will hopefully clear some air. And if there's anything that you want to address that we don't on the, on, on the spaces, of course, feel free to kind of jump in at any point in time. Um, but what I noticed today was a real verve and a real energy coming from you, especially towards the end when you were kind of wrapping things up, Frenchie. And I, I want, I really just, I zoomed in on this moment where you're like, we are a real effing company, right? And I think the kind of conviction that you are having, I think, is a result of the work that you guys have done in the last couple of years to really build this up. And now, you know, obviously you said there's a there's a long way to go, but the clarity that you all have in the kinds of main tent poles, I think is really interesting to see, especially given where you came from a couple of years ago to where you are now. 
Yeah, you know, I don't really usually, um, I, I, I tend to have a little bit of a sailor's mouth uh, when I'm not on spaces and stuff, but I do try to keep it as family, family friendly and recordings and that sort of thing. But that one just kind of hit me in the moment and I wanted to really drive the point home and because I do feel like that's, that's, that's something I just don't want everyone to get lost on here is that there is not anything that we're trying to do here to say that, you know, that we're asking you to just come into this speculative thing that doesn't, do, that just doesn't hold water. I think if anyone takes an objective look at the plan and really kind of unpacks it, you, you will come back to the conclusion that, yeah, there's a really good plan here. This all can work. Now, that doesn't mean that we can't we can't miss on execution. You still have to do it. You still have to execute the plan. But so many other things, especially that we see in Web3, they're really just built on the back of vaporware. And, um, you know, I think also maybe timing in some of that, we'd come off the back of the, the Yuga discussions and some of that sort of stuff. Maybe there's still a little bit of frustration in my voice from from that sure. part earlier in, and, and, sure. and it just kind of came out. But, you know, that was raw. It was emotional. We thought about re- recutting it and then... Everybody else like, no, man, just leave it, leave it. It was, it was real passionate. And I was like, no, right, I'm, I'm, right, I'm here we'll for it. it. I'm, I'm here for it. It's, it's like, uh, you know, when, when I was teaching, I would always, I, I would always really be, be cognizant of when I would be more stern with my students. And that's when you, when, when I got their intention the most, and that definitely got mine in, in that moment. So with that in mind, I mean, again, we've, we've talked a lot about these, these silos that are kind of existing. I think that there are a few different categories that we've, that, that I want to touch base on. And I realized sort of in the spirit of organization, I'd like to address things, <clears throat> excuse me, I'd like to address things sort of silo by silo, just so we can keep organized for this conversation. And if other questions arise from the community members after we've moved on to the next silo, we'll go ahead and table those questions and then maybe loop back at the end of our conversation. Um, so if, if that works for you all, um, and I, I've kind of tried to to organize them in a few different things. And the first that I I'd want to kind of go to is the last little bit that you saved. You saved the best for last, Frenchie. You really did. Bo freaking Jackson. Bo Jackson. Frenchie, can you break down the story of Bo Jackson and you know tell me about your connection to Bo as a fan and then how you got the idea to feature him in Home Team Heroes? He will be featured, folks. Yeah, no, he's our cover hero, and he's going to have a very prominent place in everything we do for the uh, for this entire uh, fiscal year around the franchise. And so we we actually great applause there. I love the little applause machine. We um you know we sat around and we said you know is this if we were going to go out and find someone who we thought could be the absolute best fit for this role for us, who would it be that was reasonably attainable? Right, so. Everybody, Michael Jordan. Okay, of course. But like, what's attainable? And when we started looking at that, it was just a clear answer. It was, I said, I think Bo might be attainable. Let's go after that one. And uh, Nancy Margaret on our team, um, Mojo, she's in the audience. She goes by chasing unicorns, sometimes Mojo on the other. I kind of sicked her loose and said, hey, I want you to try to get me a meeting with Bo's people. And um, she, a few weeks later, she came back. She says, all right, I got Bo's people on your calendar for whatever day. I was like, all right, great. So we sat down and we talked to them and they, I was kind of right on where I thought the possibilities were. And we went and put together a nice proposal for Bo. Bo is very brand and image conscious. He's He's got certain things that he wants to do as far as reaching new audiences and that sort of thing. So there was a lot of stuff there that was a good fit. 
the proposal that we wrote for Bo was very, uh, very, very fun natured. I think if when he when he read it, he had to realize that it was written as uh, from someone who either did a lot of research or was a legitimate fan. And 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 then and then when we had the things in where you you get to a proposal like that, you have there what we'll, we'll do and what they'll do. And and one of the things was <laughs> that I put in I was like, and Bo's responsibilities are one of them was to uh, become good friends with uh, Blockpack's founder Jeff French. <laughs> <laughs> so, so they, you know, I think that and some other things they got a good chuckle out of, and it, it kind of opened up a nice rapport. And we we worked back and forth on it, and uh, and yeah, we got it done. And uh, really excited to have him. And uh, I think he, I think he's just, uh, I think he's a, I think he's just such a great fit so, for the so franchise. On a, so on a scale from one to friends, how friends are you guys now? Uh, you know we're working on it, just kind of getting right. going. Right. So yeah. we got okay. some. We, I haven't. We haven't had time yet in person. That'll be coming up uh, relatively soon. I'll get to meet him in person um, and stuff, and then that that uh, hopefully we'll get that friendship going. Love to see it. And um, I know we've got a couple of questions. I, I I know that you just teased it, and I don't know how much you can share. Sort of looking down the down the road. I know, but but I know Bo has agreed, obviously, to be the feature hero for season two. Are there any other opportunities down the road where Bo will be featured, either with autographs, meet and greets, you know, something something that's going to be pertaining to, you know, the IRL HTH, anything like that? Yeah, so I won't. We, we've we've left a lot of doors open. Um, one of the interesting things uh, everybody knows that I am really big on mutual building on IP, and uh, this character is uh, something that the Bo Camp is is very interested in, and they are actually once we kind of run through our season here, uh, Bojacks will actually end up becoming property of Bojacks and Enterprises, and so wow, that's really cool. Yep, allowing them to continue to utilize the hero, and uh, as we just continue to decentralize our IP, and I look at that as decentralizing the IP to someone like them, and and they, I think they could do a lot of really interesting things with it, and we'll try to help hold their hand on that. But um, so uh, down the road, tons of opportunities I think are there. What will be there, I don't know. We have a very specific agreement with them. It's pretty broad and far-reaching. He's going to touch a lot of different aspects of our ecosystem this year. But, uh, you know, we guess it's, we're just getting going, man. Just really right out the gate here. Yeah, you love to see it. And on that note, in terms of the different kinds of ecosystems, Patrick asked a question, which I thought was a great one. Is he also going to be featured in HTH football or just bat- baseball? Uh, no, he's going to actually show up in all three of the franchises. So he yeah. will uh, he will have a he will have a baseball theme to his hero in baseball. He will have a football theme oh. in Odyssey football. And uh, we're going to even dust off the... Uh, the hoops. I mean, Bo was a hooper too, man. Bo, Bo, Bo could do it all. I so, love that. I love that. Yeah. I mean, it's it, it makes me wonder if you're going to be able to get any other triple threat athletes down the road. I guess Bo is Bo is a true one one. I was I was going to ask, you know, if if we're hoping that the addition of this legend hero will ho- open the doors for other legend heroes down down the road for football and baseball or in basketball, but I presume the answer is yes. I do think it. I do think it opens doors for sure. It, it's already actually starting to starting to uh, open some of those. So, and I think uh, you know these guys. They they're all friends. They it's there's the agents are friends. I mean, you get into this world and there's all types of stuff. I think in different directions you can go. And I do think it's a bit of a. I, I do think it's a bit, a little bit of a validation too. He's he's got a big agency, and they really loved the whole concept. They understood the respect that we were paying to you know different athletes and trying to do these as as an as an homage to them, or you know, and and make it something that they would love. And I think some of you may have seen on social media the the picture when the boys handed uh, Ronald Acuna a uh, Matata poster, and 
how how bright his smile was. I mean, he his eyes genuinely lit up, and you, you can't fake those kind of things, especially when you're in a yeah. Yeah, it just it was very real and authentic, and yeah. yeah, that's what we're trying to get from all of them, even the ones that are a little on the funny side. The meme with Super Baby. I hope you know, I don't I don't know Raph Devers, but if he saw Super Baby, I hope he would get a kick out of that. And yeah, we're cert- we're certainly trying to be respectful of all that stuff, and I think that that shined through to the agency, and then they were. Um, they were happy to bless it and bless it for Bo, and and now here here Bo is, and I think it's I think it's great, and I think I think the biggest thing that it c- can do for us is some people that may have otherwise not taken a look. This can helpfully get them to take a look, and then once they take a look, I think they're going to find the same things you all have found, and it's it is really enjoyable. I mean, our our stickiness once people are in is really great. The hardest part is just getting them in, and mm-hmm. and I think Bo can really help with that. And and I love the fact that there is this playfulness to HTH. There is this kind of more kidification, I suppose, that I really resonate with. And and the the fact that the the fact that there is that kind of playfulness allows for more accessibility to a lot of different kinds of groups. And I think especially introducing a absolute legend of of sports. Um, in Bo Jackson to the new generation is completely, completely important to do. And I mean, I, of, of course, the parents absolutely remember Bo Jackson, whether they were playing Tecmo Bowl or whether they were watching him on, you know, on TV. So I, I just think it was an absolute home run of a pickup. I thought that was really, really cool to see. So congratulations to you and the team and Nancy Margaret for all the work that she was doing behind the scenes to make those connections. I can't wait to see what, what that, uh, what, what, what's in store, you know, in the future when it comes to these legends. Awesome. Uh, and, and we're just starting up. Um, so, you know, Bo, Bo Jackson was, was an amazing, amazing start to, to the the uh, amazing, amazing end to the to the spaces or to the State of the Union. Um, but we also had touched base on a lot of other things. Um, oh, also, by the way, uh, people are hoping that Action shows up at National. Just putting that out there. Putting that yeah, out there no, we, that was one of the first places we went. There's actually some conflicts there. And I've been trying to tr- talk to Russ, the main agent, and um, and see if we could try to maybe juggle something there. It's We'll see. I, that That's one I wish that I could announce. But as of okay. right now, it's actually, unfortunately, the opposite. Um, but I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep beating on it. And, uh, and when I get in person with him, <laughs> I'm really going to try to beat on it. So yeah, we'll, we'll yeah. see. I will never say never. Right. Yeah, exactly. You are nothing if not tenacious. So best of luck to you. Um, so that, that moves on to, um, the next kind of silo I want to talk about. And just for the sake of viewers or for listeners, um, I'm hoping to talk about the BPX rewards miles and allocation next, followed by lots and legends passes. We had a couple questions revolving around that. And then really diving into HTH and the snap games and the pick six, um, since they kind of feel a little bit more intertwined. So for those of you who are listening and are, or are listening to this on a repeat, we I, that's sort of the roadmap for where our conversation is going to go. And I, I definitely want to get to you, uh, to you, Eric, but I do want to kind of throw it back to Frenchie and, uh, I, and talk a little bit about the uh, rewards miles. First, First off, just as a question to you, I don't know this, is is the preferred nomenclature looking forward just re- reward miles now? Uh, reward miles, block packs, miles, and miles, I think, are all interchangeable. So okay. I, I don't I think it's fine. Any any one of those three is great. Okay, great. Um, and I know that we've we've had we, we've had some conversations in the discords at this point in time. Asking for a little bit of clarification regarding the one mile to the one BPX system and the mechanics at play at that. And I'd love for you, if possible, to expand a little bit more on your thought process behind that. 
I've received a few kind of questions and I can ask more specific questions if you would like, but talking about the one mile to one BPX system, or I guess, generally speaking, what changes are you, are, are you implementing from season one to season two regarding these reward miles? So for those of you who have operated that have, that started on the Web3 native side, there's really no change at all. Um, we've always referred to them as, you know, B, we've called them BPX reward miles. We're going to just deprecate the use of the term BPX, and you'll just see that it will things will be priced and denominated in miles. Your wallet will say that you have 10,000 miles. Your prices of things will be, this is 500 miles. And when you go to uh, process a, uh, a withdrawal to self-custody, you will withdraw and it will go out in BPX. And so BPX is the currency that you would withdraw in. And that would be no different than if we used any other currency to withdraw. Like we could with- let you withdraw in uh, any other currency that we were willing to denominate one-to-one with the miles. If we said it was USDC, you would pull out one USDC for every mile, which I'm sure everybody would love. But uh, <laughs> for us, it's one It's one BPX is the uh, withdrawal. That's really the only, it's really just a UI UX change. Now, where it does matter significantly is in the confusion and the problems that we've had with normies trying to get them to come in and operate on store credit Mm-hmm. It's been really difficult. The reason the numbers were there, I've said it several times, but I'll say it again. The reason it was a store credit is because from a, the, the from the legal side, they really stressed on us how we needed to make sure that we kept, <clears throat> excuse me, people coming in with uh, with with their credit card very very separated from anyone that would be coming with BPX, and make sure that we never even cast an, an impression. That we were, you know, actively selling them a crypto asset like that, mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. that's the reason that it was done the way that it was. It clearly the store credits weren't withdrawable. We did everything they wanted, but it just led to this really big clunkiness. And then they also told us, you know, yeah, and you can't be floating that price around in trying to tie it to the to of a float on the token, and that in, on a peer to peer market. So all those things just really are what forced our hand there, and it just it just sucked, man. It was like. We, we caught that was the thing that we caught so much crap over. Like, why is the number not match? Why is this? It's it's really not this much. It's this much, and I'm just sitting there. My hands are totally tied. There was nothing I could do. And then, in, when we started looking at changes we could make, um, the you know we we have there's a process to trying to do this in the United States. This is we we had a very clear thesis of what we were releasing and how it would behave and the utility we could build and what people would use it for. We have legal opinions that say that that is not a security in case Mr. Ginsler ever tries to come and talk to us for something. Um, So we did all of those things and we never want to put any of that at risk. So we had to be real careful of what we say and what we do. And the idea that now everything has done what we said it was going to do. We've got all those use cases proven that we said mm-hmm. we were going to do. Now it's like, okay, well, if we denominate this in a in a mile, almost think of it like you're buying miles with BPX and the miles always cost one BPX. And on a credit card, they can fluctuate. Like we could charge a different price for 100 miles today than we charge tomorrow. It's up to us to set that price. But once you have a mile in your account, it's interchangeable. And then if you want to withdraw back to your self-custody, it goes right back out at that one-to-one ratio. Got it. it really is going to be a lot more simple. It's not going to be really a change at all for those of you that have been what I would call Web3 natives. Where it's going to make the most impact is for onboarding our new people, which things like Bo Jackson, we are hoping is going to help us do. 
And I, I appreciate you sharing that. And that provides a little bit more clarity for me in terms of how it kind of operates. And I know, according to Hen, I had, had a question that sort of dovetails off of what you were getting at towards the end of your, your response, which, which was this. How is the purchasing of miles with a credit card going to work? Specifically, like, for example, how many miles does a $100 credit card purchase get me? I know that you were saying that those might fluctuate depending, um, but I know that he and many others were prob- are probably wondering how that number may be determined or how often that that number may fluctuate. Um, you will, you, the, the number, the number, the base price number will not fluctuate all that often, but the, uh, amount of bonuses that'll be available on any given day will likely fluctuate probably multiple times a week. Okay. Um, and the, 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 I'll just, it, you're going to find out exactly soon enough. So let me just leave that one there. You're going to find out like next week if all goes well. So um, right. you'll, you'll Great. be able to look at it. I appreciate that. And I know that, you know, I, I think at, at the end of the day, obviously for a lot of us, you know, it, it will not necessarily be as as important or as key because at the end of the day, we have accumulated a very generous amount of, um, of reward miles looking forward and we can, will continue to use those in the ecosystem as well. Um, so thank you for that clarification, Frenchie, about the, the rewards miles. And um, I know that, I, I don't know if, if Eric, you can speak to sort of lots and legend passes. I want to kind of include you on the conversation as well or you know friendship we can continue to talk but um i got a couple of questions now on on lots and legends passes and ghetto icy was asking this question and either one of you can take it if you if you'd like um he asks you mentioned that lots will be auctioned off in the marketplace which is awesome uh we will will we be starting with the existing lots that have already been fractionalized so are we going to be including kobe and those lots and then moving forward are those going to stay sort of in stasis at this point in time what's what's the thought process behind the the timing and the roadmap of the lots being auctioned off uh, so I'll grab this one. I think there's, I think we're, we're conflating a couple of different things there. So um, Kobe, I assume what he's talking about there is the Mamba underlying art piece for the Collision 100 Legend. Right. That one, that one was on a 10 year predetermined um, date, and then after about three or four in, we went off of that and we said that the date would be. Uh, it, it gave us more flexibility on the dates, so there is stuff that can go. Like there's some of those later ones where they could they could be auctioned whenever, but then some of them had set dates. And I know Mamba had a set date, and I know it was ten years. So we're still seven years away from that that card uh, going to auction. Um, the uh, I'm, Got I'm trying it. to so so I now that I think about it, other than so then the Kobe and the Jordan those those had a those had those were locked, and then I'm trying to think of any others. I think, is, Charizard, is the right? I think the Charizard might have been. Even, I think Charizard might have shortened down to like five years, if memory serves. Someone could look it up. It's, it should be yeah. on the token. It should have the date if you go on OpenSea. Someone should be able to look that up. Maybe it's the the right the Wright brothers. The the flight? that one may have been the one that we're start where we where we made it more discretionary. Okay, um, so yeah, so and, it may be the case in which we start with with the Wright brothers or with flight or you know somewhere. Yeah, and I remember like the, I'm pretty sure the Babe Ruth ball has more flexibility because we'd actually right. thought about doing that one already and we didn't. We were, we wanted to kind of get the market marketplace auctions up and not do it with the on get with the gassed auction so yeah we have some more flexibility with some of those others and then some of those really first ones those are going to need to sit and go through their normal time but now then lots on the other side you know lots are the thing i said about lots is that lots are they're just super fun and they're 
what I'm looking at lots to become are, I mean, Eric, you want to tell them what they're going to become? You and the boys kind of cooked this one up more than me. Yeah. Um, so, so for lots, the idea here is it will be a rippable product that will be a collection in the marketplace. Uh, it'll obviously operate at a gasless as well when it comes to ripping that and, and trading and things like that um, back and forth in the marketplace. But they will now, they'll still earn you rewards and points and things of that nature. So the, the fun part there is we get to bring back that product that really galvanized the, the community as well, right? We saw a lot of hype around that product and, and you could build out your sets, you could build out your rainbows. I mean, I, re I remember, you know, Thanos as being a, the out of five collectible and there was a fight for it, right? So yeah, you know, it's actually, it's something where we can have a lot of fun and it'll only be purchasable in your rewards miles. So you will not be able to purchase that in, a, in, a, in any type of currency except for our rewards mile. So another use case going forward. And I know that you all have been really focusing, and Frenchie, you talked about that in the last little part of the, the State of the Union, about the various ways in which you are holding some premium products that will only and specifically be purchased purchasable by BPX. I think that that's really cool. And, and the, just you talking about the sort of the inflation and the deflation and getting to sort of a net zero was interesting. And that's, that's I think, a part of, of where we're, we're headed in that regard. Um, and in terms of, I, I know with, with lots and th those are tied to legends passes um, that we, that, that you were discussing. And Dehuvi had this question, which I thought was um, interesting that I've kind of rephrased a little bit, but would there be any plans to release legend passes, release any more legend passes or different legend passes so that new people can get into them if none of the legend passes are up for sale? Because there are very few that are currently up for sale in the marketplace. And so I think Dehuvi was thinking about the kind of accessibility for new people who might be getting into lots. Is that a, a, a thought process or an, or an option? I, maybe, maybe Eric, do you, do you want to, or Frenchie, either way. Either yeah, way. This, one, this one will probably, this one will probably fall a little bit more to me. So the, um, so lots, there's no pass to get the lots ledger of things tokens those are the like the fun ones right and so those i wouldn't put in that we're, when we say we're going to hold back premium product for miles only i wouldn't put lots in that category they're just fun those are just fun and, and mm -hmm. the price point to rip those packs is not going to be crazy it's just gonna those are for fun and um you know we're taking some of those lots have like ten dollar cards on them right and we're putting them out in like 99 like there's just not a lot of like monetary value there, they're just fun. Um, now, over on the collision side, that's where those mint passes are. As far as inflating those, I would probably, probably not. Um, it's, it's, it, we, we could, what we have done in the past is we put extra hits out of that in packs. I don't, I'm not gonna, I don't wanna intermingle those with uh, HTH, but there may be some other ways that maybe there's some token sync packs or something similar to the way we're gonna do lots where we could have some extra inventory of that to do. Um, but I'm, I would say likelihood of seeing any more of those passes, I would say is a no. And, uh, and I'll go a little bit further that if we did that one, you guys should probably be a little bit hacked off at me on that one. So, uh, we, we, you know, I, I think we should honor the, honor the supply of those that's there and those that got them early on. And if someone new wants one of those, then they'll need to grab it from somebody that already has it. And if, uh, and, but I won't say that there won't because because those passes don't account for like 100% of the supply right. of any one thing. So there will be some accessibility in that way. But if you want kind of that guarantee, get it every time, build your collection, 
you'll need to you'll need to get one from somebody who already has it. Got it. And you know, I'm also hearing that you know, yeah, you, you never you never know in terms of that distribution down down the road. But for now, it's it's going to stay put, which makes a lot of sense. Um, love that. So I mean. You know, lots and legends passes were just one small drop, and I think a very much larger bucket of of all of the um, all of the ideas that we that that we were trying to digest. Thanks to your incredible incredible video, um, you know, lots being being one of them. Uh, we talked about Bo. Oh, and just one more quick question: Do, uh, Doctor Birdman was asking with Collision um, for clarification. Will buying thirty in one drop, activate the 100s Legends Mint Pass. I know you discussed that in your in your video, but can, uh, but can you break down just one more time what's the buying limit in order for the Legends Mint Pass to be um, activated? Yeah, GT, I could take that one. So the idea here is that you're going to have to buy 10 packs in each of the three drops of the same sport. So, you know, minimum participation would be 10 packs, each of the three baseball drops, and you can mint that legend uh in that collision art series right and then and then you move on to the next sport and same thing you need to you need to participate 10 packs in in all three of the football drop to continue etc got it got it and i i wonder too if down the road it's a collect them all kind of thing will also sort of be in there because you guys are nothing if not all collectible focused for sure um which gets us now speaking of collectibles into my favorite i as far as i'm concerned my favorite kind of collectible space in blog packs and that is hth and folks we received a lot of input on what's going to be happening with hth we got input on we got new new information on how things are going to be dropped when things are going to be dropped how many heroes were in it and also a lot of ancillary ideas that are going to be coming into play that are going to really make HTH a very, very exciting, fun-filled, thrill-packed kind of season for, for HTH. Um, I have a few questions of my own, and I had a few questions that the, uh, that the community asked as well. And I think we'll talk about HTH We'll talk about the pick six, which is Eric's baby. Props to you on that one. And then we'll talk about the snap games in this kind of next section here. Uh, first off, a couple of just housekeeping questions when it comes to HTH. I'm super excited to participate in the first, you know, part one of three, drop one of baseball. And then we, as we know, a beautiful clean roadmap, drop two the next month, drop three the next month. Will upcoming HTH boxes be able to be purchased by credit card, ETH, reward miles, or a combination of all three? Uh, fiat credit card. So that's our the the, the business model is is the products that we would sell the flagship products, and so the HTH digital set is definitely one of those. Um, we're not planning to take uh, crypto payments for it as it stands. We're just not set up for it, and it's not been something that we prioritized. Uh, that's actually a lot more complicated than you would think combining both credit card and crypto options. When we've done it before, sure. it's been on specific bespoke uh, smart contracts and it's just as difficult. So prepare your credit card for your HTH packs. And I think that at the end of the day, it does sort of point in my mind to the direction that you all are sort of going to, which I think really is more of an analog digital kind of bridge rather than just leaning totally into Web3. And that makes that makes sense. And I, I will definitely... Um, Unfortunately, I'll have to pay. Yeah, I'll have to really get, prepare my credit card for this one for all all nine drops. But I'm excited about it. Uh, I will tell you. I will just say. Sure. I, I know we. I know we want to kind of stay crisp here, but I will say that when we've done credit card and ETH, 
it, it's just been overwhelming to credit card, like hmm. 90% plus type numbers. So while there are some people that probably would prefer it, especially when crypto's pumping, um, as a whole, it's it's definitely for the for the products people have overwhelmingly chosen their credit card. Makes sense, and the data speaks for itself. Then uh, that that absolutely we've we've voted with our credit cards rather than our crypto wallets, and that makes a lot of sense. Uh, Ghetto IC, welcome to the stage. I see that you've come up and you've got a question for either Frenchie or Eric. Thanks so much for coming on up and giving us the gift of your time. Appreciate you having me on here. My hand was getting tired. Sorry. Um, Sorry about that. <laughs> Uh, I wanted. I had a follow-up question to the activating of the legend passes. Um, it's. I'm a little hazy on this. I, I, I would once say I was an expert on it. It's the same ten to activate, whether it's an all-star hero or legend. Correct. Yeah, it used to be thirty to activate any pass, right, in an elite drop. So we just kept that number the same and said, well, this is kind of it's really elite drop is now really three drops. So that's why we did the ten across all three and not thirty per or anything like that. Um, I did see the question from Trey Birdman that said, um, you know, the 30 and GTS that it, I, uh, I, I think it's, it, I mean, do I really, I'm not looking to prevent anybody from getting in. That's not the point, but, um, we had just said 10 across the board. I think that's probably a little better for the ecosystem. So I'd like to try to stick to that unless there's just a revolt against it, but it should be Matt back to really in line with what you had to do before. You had to buy 30 think, to activate yeah. one pass. And now you have to buy 10, three times to activate one pass. Got it. Okay. Yeah. That, that, that's kind of what I remember too. Um, I did want to make a comment then too, that I have it up on OpenSea. Uh, you know, we've been spending a lot of time in the marketplace. So I got OpenSea back up. There's there, it looks like block packs has some held back of all three types, the all-stars, the heroes and the legends. So are you, are those going to get, released out into like, uh, you know, like promotional type stuff or like will, will newcomers have the option to win that? I think was kind of where the consensus on that question was coming because there it looks like you guys have some in hand still. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I actually didn't realize that we still had some of those that had already been minted. If they're already in existence, that's a little different than us minting fresh ones. I took the question to mean, are we going to mint fresh ones? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I Let me look at that. I don't know the answer to it. Um, I don't even. Do you see how many? How many are we talking? Are we hey, talking hey, just a small handful? Hey Jeff, hang on one second. I just want to ask Matt. Are you? Are you? You keep calling it All Star Hero and Legend, which is our Geek Pass. Are you looking at the Collision Dot Art passes? Because they're, they're the they're the four different colors. Remember, there was the ruby and and the gold and those different colors. Uh, those turned into these min passes, right? Yeah. No, the mint passes are the no, the the no, the collision dot art passes. They're in the collision dot art collection. The mint passes are for the to, to mint a geek. Correct. Uh, I'm looking at geek. I'm looking at the geeks. Then sorry. Let me yeah. I'll, <laughs> let me transition <laughs> over. Get confused there when when you start <laughs> saying all star hero and legend. I'm like, wait a second. There's let me go back real quick. The collision. <laughs> uh, so I'll ask a different question as I'm looking this up just to confirm. So I want to go back a little bit to the store credit type stuff so are we gonna are we just gonna get the us dollar like uh like price thing off of each listing is it just gonna be reward miles going forward like yes there will be no what? us dollar denomination that's correct so the and, and the store credits that you have now are pegged to an exact number and any store credit you have would flip over two miles at that exact same conversion that it's at right now so you okay get, cool so nobody will get rugged Every bit of buying power you had, you'll still have. And then going forward, it'll just be a much, much cleaner. So no reason to hold on and wait for the conversion. It's it's the same as it is now. 
Um, I would wait. And if you want to buy some store credit, I'll, or if you're thinking store credit, I would wait until we make the change. You'll have better economics if you wait. Wait. Okay. All right. Um, all right. I'll jump off. I'm going to look up. I'll, I'll go over and I'll, I'll do the research on OpenSea real quick. I'll chime in in a sec. Yeah. Thank, thank you, Ghetto IC. And, and feel free to, to uh, post your findings on the, on the Discord comments or, you know, or on the, on the uh, XSpaces comments as well. We'll definitely make sure to loop back at the end of this. Yeah. I think um, if, we have, so, if we have any of those passes, I think it should be fairly minimal. There may be a few like sitting there that we have, but I don't think we have some, I don't think we have a huge supply of those, if any at all. So with that in mind, I mean back back to HTH. I we we talk we're we're talking about how HTH boxes will be purchased. Uh, you mentioned that it'll be you know fiat, uh, and then I was wondering, and a couple of other community members were wondering about how geeks will tie into this next season of HTH. Do you have an idea as to how geeks will tie into say HTH presale drops um, and also? Can we expect the geek multiplier to be the same for color pops in season two? Uh, yep. So no changes there, and I, I hope that everyone feels uh, that the geeks definitely had a good hand in HTH this year because they do make a pretty material impact on uh, what you can get. We did when we when we kind of came back to that number that we estimated, where we said, "Look, if we were doing it today, it would be every forty-five points would get you one mile." We did assume that all geeks kind of max out to like the top end of the scale, which they may not. And then that might actually make that 45 a little better, but it'll also probably get offset with a little bit more set building and that sort of thing. So that'll actually maybe swing it back a little bit the other way. So we did consider all those things. And so, but hopefully the geeks felt good and rewarded on that. The, the goal is definitely to still have the geeks be able to have a geek presale. We do have to look at some things because now that it's broken down into three, you definitely won't be able to just come in and hammer the every drop like you did the big drop before. It'll it'll need to be broken up, and we definitely need room for onboarding without doing something crazy to the supply. So, you know, we it, I don't think it would be healthy for anyone for us just to sell all of the supply to the geeks. We need new people. We need new blood. We need Bo Jackson to bring us in new people. So, one of the major utilities for the geeks in HTH is the points kicker. And uh, but there is an access um, an access piece of that uh, as, as well. Great to hear, and um, and I, I also appreciate the fact that when you all were thinking about the next season of HTH, you know, I've I've been with you all since day one, and I have seen all of what I call the side quests. You know, obviously you've got the IMs, but there's also the Schrodinger circuits that have existed. You know, we've seen a lot of different little and the 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 CryptoPunk first editions. Those are really fun. Um, and I I got to be honest with you. I think there's a ways to go until, and I, I'm sure you would agree, but there's a ways to go for block packs to become that kind of name brand where just by virtue of having a product tied to that name, then it becomes collectible. Yep. And we have seen, especially after the Tesla was one, after, you know, the, the crypto punks were one, we've, we've seen, and, and of course the infinite moments of, of your, those have dipped in terms of their price and perhaps mm -hmm. desirability for collectability. What I really appreciate you doing or thinking about with HTH season two was allowing a little bit more of a halo effect with season one. The fact that 20% of the points value are coming from HTH season one, like that, that's really key and really interesting to me to create that continuity. 
And one question that Alpha Trilogy had uh, that I thought was interesting was this. If someone new comes into the ecosystem, could they start collecting 2023 HTH and get 20% of the points value as points in 2024? Yes, they can, 100%. Okay. Okay. I think uh, it, in, impl- implied in that question was like, do you have to hold on to your your HTH from season one? But no, you can you can sell and and the next person can get those points. Cool. GT, yep. something, something I want to touch on there too is don't forget that our entire ColourPop model, all those BPF reward miles that we have going out are still going to be tied to those color pops sealed in our packs so if people still want to go hunt color pops there's nothing wrong with them going and buying existing packs from 2023 and getting that full allotment of rewards sitting in that color pop and then the base I then the base set would be 20 percent. so base set would be right, 20 base set yeah, yeah base set yeah, thank you for that clarification and for that and for that those details, Eric. I completely forgot about that. That the color pops, the unopened color pops, are going to live on in terms of their points allocation, and you know the mechanics of that. The distribution can you know be discussed later. But um, speaking of color pops, though, I here's just kind of a spicy thought that I had. Um, would you guys ever consider having bonuses for color pop rainbows? Like if you if you had all like the ten five four three two one X's. Uh, I would say that to, not to be at all dismissive, GT. I, I, I would say sure we would consider it. I, I, we haven't considered it. <laughs> yeah, because it's because it's near impossible. Yeah, yeah. It's near but, impossible but to would, achieve. Would anyways. we would we consider it? Sure. I think I think anything's on the table that might help from a collectability standpoint. You know, when we look at it, you, you, what you said earlier is is spot on. That the the more we do the more collectible things that just were released by block packs become, right? And that's and, and when you look back at some of those things you mentioned earlier, I won't belabor the point, but Leo, those infinite moments, man, they had a ton of value get stripped out of them before they kind of got set on their own. And those were really uh, a big, really born out of necessity so that we could try to power the Raz game. But I still believe that if we are successful in 20 years, that those things could be very interesting. And even with what they are today, and then things like those punk cards, those were only kind of, uh, they, they had, they, they were, they were produced so you could win a crypto punk. Right. And then when that was over there, if crypto punks go on to become a, be a million dollars, it's exactly what we said at the time we released them. Those mm-hmm. are the first licensed application in any type of trading card product, because we hit that right after the IP rights were released. So if people start going back, just like we had Outer Lumens find the lost miners, Blockpacks is building that same type of history. And yeah, mm-hmm. is that history worth anything today? Not really, no. But it, can it be in the future? 100%. I mean, the, the 1952 top set was thrown in the, in the Hudson River. L- large yeah. part of the high numbers went in the Hudson River because nobody wanted them at the time. And now look mm-hmm. at where we are today. And so... You know, those things I think just have to just take time. The the value of those, there's really nothing we could do from a from a Keynesian standpoint um, of economics to try to keep a thumb on that scale. It's just not it's just not sustainable. Now, supporting HTH for multiple years as a as our major one of our major frontline uh, collections to try to help that establish better collectability, sure. Uh, but I believe if we proliferate the home team heroes, I mean, man, some of that early that early stuff has a really nice thesis if we are able to really proliferate that to the level of a major collectibles franchise gosh it's not hard to see it now you got to make your own decision on whether or not you think we're going to do that 
But if sure. you're if you're betting on block packs to make good collectibles for the next 20 years, it's really damn easy to say, I should really hold a bunch of these early ATH <laughs> cards. I mean, that's not rocket sure. science, right? So, uh, but if you no, don't, I, but I, if you don't believe that, and all you care about is the miles, and you want to roll them into other stuff, then the market will market. I, I appreciate that that philosophy and, and that perspective. It, it clearly shines through in everything that you do. And by no means do I want to paint with a broad brush in terms of you know where where we are now and where they could be. I, I do think that you know as as you obviously know, there are a lot of different collectors with a lot of different timelines, and I, I do think that you know developing different kinds of silos and projects that some of which can have the ultra long-term, you know, slowest of burns and some are a little bit more high paced and fast paced, like say a year or a season of HTH. I think creating those kinds of balances is, is important. I imagine it's difficult to do, but I think it's really interesting. Uh, Ghetto Icy is back. Ghetto Icy, welcome back to the stage. Do you have some input for us? I, I had a follow-up question on that uh, question from Alpha Trilogy. Um, obviously, the color pops as they get ripped, those have the HTH, um, you know, leaderboard points that come with them for the reward miles. But how how is how is the old set going to work for like once the reward miles are paid out? How, how is a new person going to come in and still get points on on, on that? Like, isn't it kind of like IMs? They're going to be paid out, and then only color pops are going to have points moving forward for 2023 so the reward pool for this year was on the slide in the in the presentation and and then it had 20 percent is for the 2023 cards so the pool is bigger for next year to help account for that 20 percent um you also if you look at the pool for next year so let's if i can just hit this real quick so the pool for next year is already set you, you know that the set is getting a little bit bigger. So that would say that just on pure math, nothing but if, if, if we didn't have anything new, you, you're probably going to end up with not quite as good of a point to DPX ratio because the set is bigger. However, the set is also the driver for the pick six game, which we'll talk about here in a minute. So you have the benefit you get there combined with the benefit that it gets you at the end of the year and all of that together makes up the one-year points and emissions of rewards that you would get. But you don't have to guess next year on the pool size. The pool size is set. Is set. We have the ability to turn the dial a little bit better on the kick six game, which is can change week to week. I said in the video, we don't want to jerk it around. I hope we're able to kind of – I think we got a pretty good shot that we don't have to touch it at all, but it may change, meaning the, the different ratios that are at play there, it's a week-to-week -week game. And um, the and all of that begins to paint the picture for next year. But 20% of that total pool for next year is the 2023 cards. So, so if you came in and all you did was buy 2023, you're basically, you're, you're going after a grand total of 20% of that pool. If you bought every 2023 card that we, that's in existence, you would get 20% of, of next year's pool. Yeah, but did you follow that? Is that kind of clear? I feel like I may have rambled through that a little bit. GT, was that pretty clear or not? Yeah, I, it, I'm, I'm going to throw it over to Ghetto Icy. Does that does that provide some perspective in terms of what you're what you're thinking about? But if they're buying 2023 and now we're in 2024, that's all. It's all secondhand, right? It's it's cards that we're going to put on the market and sell, but we've already been paid out, you know, points, aka reward miles on there. 
so they're able to double dip like that. Like one card is going to be able to pay out twice. I think, I think yes, yeah. so, it, it'll, it, but it only pays out at twenty percent of next year's pool. But yes, if you hold your card, if you, your your card, all right, let me just make this. Let me try it this way. If you're holding a black one of one today at the base set, and this is only the base set, this is, has nothing to do with color pops. Color pops are done; they don't get yeah. anything else. The base set, if you're holding a black, it's worth two hundred fifty thousand points this year. Next year, it's going to be worth twenty uh, percent of that. So it's worth fifty thousand points. Got it. Okay. Okay. That's a different way to look at it. That that I think is probably the math gets be... back to the same place. And maybe that's the way we yeah. should describe it. Maybe we should publish Eric a point schedule that's literally just twenty percent of the old point schedule. That may so be an I'm... easier. That might be an easier way for everybody to understand it. The way I just said it. Yep. It's the yeah. Same thing. I was, the, I math, the math on... gets to the same spot. Yeah, that makes sense. I was confused on like the verbiage of if a new collector comes in now. On the flip side of that, us as collectors now, we hold them into next year. We're going to get rewarded again. Correct. Got it. Got it. Got I, it. Cool. I think that's the way I always understood it, but maybe we, we could just articulate that a little bit better when we write when we write it out in the verbiage, like you're saying, Jeff. I, I could yeah, I was, I, I was thinking about it the more complex way, frankly, and that's probably why it wasn't as clear in what I said because I wasn't thinking about it that way, but that's probably the way to do it is just say, all right, now as of effective April 1 – any cards from the 2023 set, instead of a black being 250, it's 50. Yeah. Mm. Or, and yeah. That, I, yeah. Yep. Yep. Was, and I, I like what Eric puts in the chat all the time. Like we reward collectors. So that that's that thesis right there. Perfect. Thank you. Yes, sir. Yeah. And, and that, that provides, I, I think that provides some clarity, not just for the OGs, but also for people who are coming in wondering, okay, wait, which, which Matata am I buying here? Right. Mm -hmm. And, and, and how will that translate? GT, before yeah. we, before we move on from rewards points too, I do want to give a shout out to uh, actually James, one of the guys in the office. He's, he's, he's one of our employees. He's, I think he's in the chat. I'm pretty sure he worked hours on hours with data crunching and Excel sheets and, seeing average buys for commons, aquas, reds, blues, golds, color pops. He, he had a lot of hand in getting on with Jeff and I sometimes late at night. Um, and he did a lot of that work to put that data together, get it, the, the engineer team to pull it for him. And I just want to make sure he gets some of that, those flowers too, because he, he put in a lot of hours on that, on those points specifically to work on that model with us. And shout out to shout out to James in terms of that that kind of data crunching. I think the kind of work that you all are doing behind the scenes is really important. I loved getting to see, as an aside, the spotlight that you shined on on the market research that you were doing for CCGs. I thought that was interesting and just another kind of little example. And everybody's doing it all all at once as well. Um, you know, on on the topic of HTH, I know this is something that's really important to me, and and it's fun, and we've been you know, kind of spitballing HTH a little bit. I do want to invite Critizen if he um, is able to, to hop on. Um, I know we, we spoke a little bit about the, uh, the, the purchases for each kind of um, for, for HTH and what that was, is looking like. I know that Critizen has a couple of opinions about um, sort of the, the fiat versus, versus crypto kind of conversation. And I'd love to invite him up to, to kind of share his thoughts as well. Critizen, are, are you available to, to speak? Hey, yeah. Can you guys hear me? Hello? Yeah. yeah. I'm clear. Yeah. Oh, look at that. The computer worked this time. Yay. Hey, Jeff. How you doing? Hey, man. How's it going? I'm doing all right. Hey, so I had kind of more of a contrary view on basically what, what y'all have been speaking about. And I, I kind of missed the live earlier due to other commitments. But um, what I didn't catch was that we're disabling the ability to purchase products essentially with with ETH. Um, 
And I know that one of the things that a lot of people were kind of looking forward to when BPX was first coming out was the possibility of purchasing products with BPX. And so that kind of, you know, seems to be an ongoing trend here um, with kind of disassociating with, I guess, the Web3 space. So I, I think my question is a little bit harder is with, you know, the the trend that you guys see yourself going in as far as not really wanting to bring up the NFT aspect of the project to onboard more people. Do you feel as all as if you guys might be alienating your Web3 natives of the project? Um, I would hope not. Let me, but let me just kind of jump into this one and just kind of maybe lay out a couple of core tenets that I absolutely believe in very much and don't want to make and make sure that we don't lose. So when we talk about like where you, I, where a lot of the, I guess, rhetoric has come from of trying to keep people off of NFTs is largely driven over on the wonders side right now with, we have research and these people literally hate the concept, the mere word of NFT. And we cannot scale a business into that narrative. When they come in and that's the first thing they hear, we're toast. They will leave and they won't come back. So we have to talk to them in the way that they understand and then explain to them what the blockchain does amazingly well. And we want to do the exact same thing in all aspects of the business. So what we do to market and bring people in to, to meet them where they are and speak to them in their native tongue to then explain to them on like the wonder side. And by the way, we have these character proofs that instead of using a written contract to decide who can have these IP rights that you could go open a burger joint, we use the Ethereum blockchain and we, ex- and we educate them on what the blockchain is really good at. We have always rebuked and tried to move away from pump and dump type, type culture. And for better or worse, you know, the, when people say the monkey pictures, I don't know if they mean board apes or if that's just all animals in general. It probably is because those were the ones that got thrown into the media. But there is an absolute just vitriol for that phrase. Now, in our business, we absolutely love what the blockchain can do. I mean, how could you create something like the Lost Wonders and establish the the first proof of stake and have the wonders of the first and not love the thesis. I am an absolute believer in Ethereum and the scaling that's going to happen with Ethereum and L2s and everything that's going to happen. None of that has changed. And so it is very much a big piece of my thesis. And one of the things that I hate the most when I look around the space, this championing of royalties and moving things into a permissioned world, I hate it. Absolutely hate it. So I would hope that those who or have a what I, if you have a crypto thesis that aligns with mine i hope you absolutely love what we're trying to do if if you have a crypto thesis of what are you going to do to pump my monkey today then yeah you're probably not going to probably not going to fuck with what i have to say but on the 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 mile side we've never We've always planned to sell core tentpole products for fiat currency. We're not going to sell the BPX token. Like if, if so, when we take in BPX, it is a net neutral for us as a company. We roll it back into rewards. We will not hit that reward pool. Not today. There's not a deck in our business in our in, in my on my computer that says, okay, in 20 years or five years when we're really crushing it, we'll be able to sell tokens into into liquidity pool. That's not there. It's not part of the plan. What we're doing is we're carving off literally a piece of the premium products that we're going to build 
And we're going to make those available to the people that have the reward, which is a crypto-enabled reward mile. What? Imagine if in Panini's business, if they sold Prism for a profit and they only let the people buy NT that one that got points from collecting Prism. That's our business. That's it. We're going to sell you Prism. You're going to collect it. And then we're going to let you buy NT with the money. And that is the business model. When, when we sold the first boxes for Wonders, we did allow an ETH option because we weren't in a place yet. There wasn't enough maturity to the economy for us to say, if we only forced this, I knew what would happen. There was no liquidity in the pool. People, it would have driven it up artificially. It would have crashed right back down. It would have been a bloodbath. So we let people buy with ETH because we didn't want to just cause a shit show. But now we're there. The, when, we, when we offer the, the home team heroes booster boxes, they will be miles only. When we offer the next version of Wonders of the First serialized miles only, the tent pole, collect and play, fiat. Home team heroes, fiat. But there will be products all around. If you go back to that graphic, every arrow that's coming out, those are for people that hold the miles. And if you look at that today with where the wonders boxes are and the demand that's already coming from one little play test, and we're doing everything we can, part of what I want to do is move those wonder boxes into the marketplace. I didn't want to do it while, the, while we had this jacked up exchange rate. So we're going to get the credit, the, the miles thing switched over, and then we're going to let you send some of those boxes into the marketplace if you want. And then as we start attracting these new people, if they want to go get some of those collecting plays, they'll be able to come in the market and get them. So we're absolutely not changing what we believe fundamentally as it relates to crypto. We've never been a part of the degen side of crypto. Those people have never fucked with us, man. And they're not going to start now. But the people that truly believe in it and, and believe in like the things that, that, we're, that I'm saying that are important to me and, and what, I think, what I think crypto can do, I don't see crypto as this pump and dump thing. Like I don't see it that way. I see it as a revolutionary technology and I have since day one. And that's what we're going to lean into. And it's absolutely a core piece of what we're doing. We just have to be careful how we talk about that to normies so we don't scare them off before we have a chance to educate them. I, I, hope, that, I hope that covers most of that. I mean, feel free to follow back up, Chris. I'm, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty impassioned on this, but yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I do have a, a, just to follow up on that. So I totally get everything that you just said and everything you just said makes perfect sense to me. Um, granted, I've been a part of the project for many years now, or pretty much since the beginning almost. Um, but the caveat that I have is, you know, I didn't find y'all through Facebook. I didn't find y'all through um, Web2 means, right? I found y'all through Web3. I'm a, I came from Web3. And I know mm -hmm. that there's many people in this project that also came from Web3. And I know we're very much outnumbered, but um, yep. what I'm trying to get at is when and I know you're very native in the Web3 space as well and very involved, knowing the Web3 mindset, it, it's completely the opposite of the Web2 mindset, right? There's sure. not a, there is not a lot of Web3 natives that are going to be willing to go put their credit card to a project's website and purchase packs. So when yep. I went, my comment before about the possibility of alienating the Web3 side is solely because of that of that i find i think 
from in my opinion, and I could be wrong, it's going to be really hard to onboard Web3 people by disabling Web3 payment. Uh, hey, Jeff, I mean, I'll, I'll jump in on this a little bit here because in my perspective, I mean, we, we already have that Web3 opportunity for them if they want. They don't have to be used to our community. If they decide they love what we're doing, they come in through Discord or Twitter space or they see the lost miners and find our ecosystem and they say, oh, these serialized booster boxes are really, really cool. I want some. How do I get them? They they will understand how to go use a liquidity pool and purchase those reward miles and then bring them back in and have access to those premium products. So they're going to be comfortable using those avenues and we won't have to teach them that because they come from that. Yeah, no, I, I think that I agree with that. But I, I think what, what Chris is saying there when he talks about packs and that sort of thing, I don't think he's referring to those packs per se. I think he was talking more like the ACH packs. And yeah, yeah, the thing that we, we, we have to have, we definitely have to have dollars that we could spend. Like it's not, I'll tell you this, it's not that I have a problem taking ETH. That's not it. It's literally just, it's just it's just hard to do those things side by side, especially the way. Let me talk to Jimmy. Jimmy's when Jimmy gets Jimmy's been Jimmy's been out uh, for a little bit um, on some on on personal leave, and so when he gets back, uh, which is actually this week, and he's the one that built the entire payment system. Let me talk to him. And Kristen, I have no problem taking ETH as a payment option. Um, I just need to talk to Jimmy and see, uh, and, and maybe I'm maybe maybe it's easier than than what I think. I'll, I'll push on him with it, and I'll see. Um, your point there is valid. People that come from Web3 that want to rip packs, they'll drop in ETH. And ETH's fine. We just aren't going to sell the BPX token. Um, and, you know, the the liquidity pool is what it is today. It's a fairly illiquid token. Like, it just is. And I don't think it will be forever, but it is today. And so, um, you know, I, I, the whole community kind of has to recognize that. But again, when you look at if you if you carve out if you go back in that spread and go back in that presentation, I tried to articulate what I think the value for the current year can look like. I feel pretty good about those numbers. You take that, drop it in the spreadsheet, and look at it compared to the the emissions and where we'll be, and you look at how many miles are going to be needed to extract that value. And that's when I say that that's hard value. I'm not like when I lots. I'm not talking about lots. <laughs> I'm talking about like real hard physical asset value. So um, I think I think we're going to, I think the economy is going to be nice and healthy. Your point of letting a Web3 native pay with a crypto wallet and not have to drop their credit card in, that's a valid take. Let me push that on Jimmy and see what he has to say. I know that it's been a struggle in the past to get those two things to sync up um, because it's, it's easier if you're just selling an NFT with wallet abstraction. That's not what our. That's not what we're doing. So you do rip in a fully Web two interface, and you would have to like gasless payments, um, or or just ETH native payments without a more robust smart contract, which drives gas prices up. It's easy to lose transactions, not lose them as far as you lose your dollars, but lose which account they're associated with. There've just been problems with that in the past. Um, but let me talk to him and see what we can do. But um, I don't want to lose the 10% that want to pay with ETH. Um, I'll tell you that. So let me, let me take a look at it. Criticism, I'm, right. I'm really grateful for your, your perspective. And, and, and Frenchie, I'm really grateful for the way in which you're, you're responding and remaining open to, to, I think, what is a really interesting philosophical conversation about the different kinds of silos that you all are creating, which is who are the different audiences that are our main core for HTH or for, you know, miners or for some other silo? 
and what are those different opportunities for purchase or entry and doing that kind of research and figuring out, okay, where, where are we going to hardline and be like, no, we can't actually do this or where is their flexibility? I think is always a really interesting philosophical conversation to have. Um, yeah, which, the, the, which big, the, the big yeah. clear hard line there is we can't take we can't take BPX for things that we need to pay the light bill. We're gonna mm-hmm. we, you know again Prism we need to sell and NT that's what you use the miles for. That's what we have to do. Right. And as long as we can we can pay the light bill with ETH. That's not a problem. So that would be fine. So I'll just need to talk to Jimmy and and, and see see what's doable there. And I'll uh, I'll I'll commit uh, I'll commit criticism. We'll circle back. Um, Eric, hold me to this. I will circle back by Wednesday, and uh, and I'll post it in. Uh, I'll either post it. In, I'll probably just post it in Geeks. I feel that'll probably hit everybody that we need to hear this, honestly. So I'll, I'll post it in Geeks on um, by Wednesday. I think with with that sort of coming to, down to a close, I, I want to then move on to you know to Eric and and to, to our next silo, just for for our listeners as well. I, just like Critizen and Ghetto IC of of the past. Uh, feel free to to hop on up and you know and share a question if you have one, or of course share it in the uh, general Discord. We've got a couple more silos to talk about based off of what we were seeing from the State of the Union, the Pick Six, and then the Snap Games, and then just a few final thoughts perhaps about Bantams. Uh, but let's throw it over to Eric because I want to talk specifically to you. You know, French Frenchie aptly spotlit the work that you did to create this awesome idea of Pick Six. I think it's really interesting, which I imagine was a really fun project that you've been thinking about a lot, maybe before Block Packs and then when you were hired by Block Packs. Can you walk me through the genesis of this idea and what iterations it went through to get to where we are today? Uh, sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll get into that. I do want to take another minute before I jump to that, though. Even though I got credit for the idea, I, I don't want people to miss that this entire team has thought process that goes into the iterations of these ideas. They we throw out things and we 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 try to bang on them and try to break them as a team. It's not just me, and I and I never want any credit to only solely be given to me. So I appreciate Jeff giving me the tip of the cap for the idea. But I mean, this the, the whole team works together so much, like. I mean, James, like I said, with the points, we've got Cooper building the set list for the snap games. We've got Matt taking lead on all the artists and the art for all of HTH. Like these guys are all busting their butts. And and then Tony comes in, and he does all the production. Like you guys talked about how good this looks. I mean, Tony, Tony did the production on, on all the videos. So this team as a whole does a lot of stuff together. And I want to make sure that this entire community understands that they, they are all doing it collectively now I, I do get to have a little bit of a FaceTime here and, and people see me more now um but don't think for a second that this isn't everybody doing it together um so i just wanted to make sure that's added and then on the pick six side so the idea of this started for me uh if you guys all recall there was the dfs thought process that was out there that was originally supposed to be a external you know outsourced item that, that was trying to be built which was before my time and when i first onboarded uh, as an employee i was like man i really want that where is it it was probably like my first conversation i had with jeff when i got on here I'm like yo where's that dfs at because i want to get my hands on it and i want to make it happen and dfs daily fantasy sports correct 
Uh, okay. And it, it didn't come to light. There was some problems with the outsource person and it just didn't get built. Um, and, and it's it was one of those things where I was like, well, we got to do something. Hey, to be fair, Eric, that wasn't an outsourced person. We paid a company and they company. ripped us the fuck off. Jeff, <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to like, you know. Yeah, this, but I, I, don't, I don't want people to think, oh, did Jeff just go get some random coder no, off no, of no. Fiverr? No. It was no. a company that just, that just basically screwed him over. Um Lucky I wasn't around. I would have found him for him. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, what happened is is I really wanted that, and I was trying to figure out a way that we could do something like that. And, you know, coming in naive, as all as, as I am when it comes to certain things, Jeff's like, we can't do that. We can't do that. You're trying to put me in jail? We can't do that. No, we can't do that. <laughs> and, and it was just... <laughs> Like I kept, I kept hammering at it. And one day we're sitting on a call and I'm like, what if we just did it for free? Like, what if we just built a parlay style game that people could come and do it for free? And I swear Jeff slammed on the counter so hard and jumped up and he was like, yes, yes, we can do this. And we started to sit there about six and a half hours later on the call. We hashed out a framework of what we thought we could do. And within 30 minutes of him talking to a lawyer about it, they said, no, no way. So we went back to the drawing board and we figured out this whole concept of we've got to treat the entries just like a rewards mile would be treated. And that's where that entry scale was built. You know, we want to be able, we want that excitement of, can I get a good win out of this? But we still need the ability to have everybody be able to play, right? And everybody gets to enter. And then we also found that we could reward the community just for doing an action, which that first ticket bonus was born, right? So first ticket bonus is as long as you enter, you will get your rewards miles based on what you hold. And that's obviously scalable to how small or large you're involved in, in the ecosystem. You get to reward from that. Mm -hmm. I think it's really interesting, too, that you have built in some mechanics, not just for the short term, but also for the holding of the, the reward miles, right? Yep. To be able to have that kind of duality and and say, OK, do I want to hold do I want to spend a little bit on, of my be, uh, of my reward miles on on HTH or do I want to hold on to it for, you know, being able to get what I think is a pretty generous, generous, um, you know, drip of, of what is it 30% that, that you all were talking about by the end of the year? Yeah. So the way the model worked would be, I mean, example would be you hold a hundred thousand reward miles. And as long as you play every single week, you'll accumulate, I think it's 577 reward miles each week just for entering. And by the end of the year, you've accumulated 30,000 uh, rewards miles, which is a 30%, um, I guess, a bonus. Got it. Okay, so so I, I was wondering about this, actually. So just, just so I'm clear here, step one, collect HTH points. And then wherever I am on the HTH points leaderboard is how many entries I get into pick six. Correct. Okay. I pick six heroes who will outperform their average for the week. And if I'm right, I get 2,000 reward miles per entry that I scored. Awesome. Am I good so far? Sweet. I'm, I'm killing it. Okay, great. But there's more, as you were just saying. If I have played pick six every week for an entire season, I will earn 30% of the miles that I hold in my wallet. Am I good so far? Correct. 
Okay. So then I have a few questions when it comes to that. First off, what happens if I don't play every week? Number two, what happens if I spend my BPX during that time? If you don't play, you can't win. That is the action that rewards you. So, for example, so it, I, I presume there would be 52 pick sixes over the course of a year. If I participate in 48 of them, say 90%, would I be receiving 90% of the rewards that I would have received from the beginning, like 30,000 times Correct. 90%? Correct. So each okay. week you'd get your 500. It, let's say your balance stayed the same at 100,000 the whole time. Each week that you participate in entering your, your first ticket entry, you would get 577 BPX added uh, reward miles added to your drip, basically, that at the end of the season, you would get one drip that would begin emitting whatever you accumulated throughout that entire season. And now, obviously, if you get your pick six correct and you had one entry, it's 2,000 more. Now, if you're somebody who, and this is the fun in the game to me, I love a good parlay. I have always, I'm, I'm from New Jersey. We have legal sports betting here. I bet on every single football game that I could possibly bet on on a Sunday. I just, I'll bet up down to who's going to, I don't know, throw the first 40 yard pass or who's going to have a safety. Yeah, I'll play all sorts of weird things. Um, so for me, I was like, we have to have that fun and excitement to it. So how can we juice that up and have a good time? So somebody who has a thousand entries, let's say you're in the top five, you have the ability to put them all on one. But you also mm -hmm. then risk not winning anything, right? Sure. That's the that's the fun in it. Because, okay, now how do you play the game? I've got 50 entries. Do I want to do five lineups of 10 and try to win 20,000 reward miles this week? Or do I want to put all 50 on one and try to win bigger? Mm -hmm. I think that that's what's going to – the kinds of conversations that are going to be having – I'm so intrigued to see the different kind of strategies because unlike you, I'm not much of a gambler, of, of a sports better, and so I'm really interested to see – how especially the more intelligent minds or the more experienced minds doing this kind of stuff are going to play it out. And I, I know that there are plenty of people who will, you know, have multiple tickets on, you know, on some, some sports gambling site that, you know, will allow for some hedging. And I wonder, for me, my, my inclination is just, you know, go, go on, on black, here's you know, the, here's, <laughs> the, on black. here's the beauty of it too, is as much as it gives you that feel of like, you're gambling. You're not actually gambling. Right, it's right. No it's, way gambling. You are not actually betting. You are wagering zero. It is completely free to enter. The only thing yeah. you need to do is earn your entries if you want to scale how much you play. If you just want to come in and hold absolutely nothing, no HCH, um, no, and then just get just get your one freebie entry. You can still get your pick six right, and you can still win those two thousand reward miles as long as you are good at picking your entries. Now, obviously, right. it's based on fantasy production. Sometimes people get injured. There's rain outs. There's all sorts of things that if your player does not beat their fantasy line, you don't win. And the cool thing is we're also going to use our heroes and our point scoring mechanism for the leaderboard and how we hit hits and runs and all those things. They will all be used to create that fantasy line. So it'll be in our point scoring system, cool. not just hey, you know, Matata is set to score 20 fantasy points today. No, it's whatever our hundred and something thousand, you know, points may be for that week for our, for our, for our heroes. Mm -hmm. I love that. And, and I think that it's really, it, it, especially tying it to the HTH 
sort of point system is is excellent. I think it's really fun. It it continues to keep a lot of the the juice in house and really put more eyes on the action in regards to the way in which things are scored in in that ecosystem. Just as a reminder, I do want to invite anybody else to come up and ask any questions regarding. Uh, currently, we're talking about the pick six game that. Eric and his team created to essentially kind of gamify and juice up the the weekly goings on of block packs as if we needed any more juice whatsoever. Uh, but it's really exciting to include, I think, what is, you know, collecting and doing and collecting HTH and collecting miners and collecting all of the things in the block packs ecosystem, I feel can be sometimes a little bit more on the passive side. What you are getting at with this new Pick 6 game is a more active approach to what's going on in the week. And so something to look forward to. I always kind of dread a little bit the weekends because I feel like our Discord is a little quieter on the weekends. But the fact that you all are including Friday, Saturday, Sunday productions as a way to kind of juice up the the action in, in the Block Packs ecosystem and also for us at no cost to us. I mean, I'm really excited to see the different kinds of things people are going to do. And much like Frenchie was saying in the State of the Union video, who knows what kind of leagues are going to happen. I imagine Radish Digital is going to create something that's going to be fun and enticing and exciting. I, hope so. I imagine that, that, that Slappy and his team are already thinking about that and the gears are turning. So just having the opportunity to allow this new product to you're putting it out into the world you're putting it out into the community and you're saying do what you want with it and i think that there's a structure and a framework that's really exciting that will serve under the block packs umbrella but then there are other ways in which the community can get involved in their own different leagues or their own different competitions in a really cool way so gg can i hit a couple of quick points um heck yeah so first let me let me just let me fud our let me fud ourselves real quick that way i can front run anybody else fudding it these are we're, we're like i said in the video we're only going to do overs so these are what's known if they were if you were gambling this would be what's known as a one-way you can only take the over and notoriously those are bad bets because it a casino doesn't like a sports book if it's a one-way they don't have to post an honest line so that you can't bet the under, so they can push the over higher, and it makes it harder to hit. Um, this game is unapologetically uh, one way, and so there will be um, an opportunity for us to look at the lines and where things are landing. And if we want to give a fun bonus, you know, we could Matata might have a really easy line this week, and maybe some other ones are a little bit more difficult. If you want to take them, there's a lot of nuances in this. It, again, you're not putting anything at risk. So our goal is to lean into the fun and make it something that has some depth to it that people have to explore. The other side of that, however, is that it is very passive in the fact that it's not passive, but you only have to drop in once. It's going to take you literally like a couple of minutes to get this in. That way you get your guaranteed free pick bonus. And we're also looking into the idea that for those that just want the truly passive experience, that you may be able to pay a little bit in miles you may have to pay in fiat dollars to have access to an auto picker. And I'm not committing that yet, but if the play is low, that's something that we could also put in place. But, but we, if we didn't, if we just said, hey, we're going to auto pick for you if you're not there, then it turns into something like staking and we could run into sure. problems. But if you're paying us for the access to some software that does auto picking, that's, that's actually been tested in, 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 from a legality standpoint. You, we could actually sell something like that. So 
we're going to look at all those type of options. But now let me come back to the thing that excites me the most about this. It, in the world of like games, there are some pretty solid economics that if you have something that people enjoy and you could bring in X number of free players, you know how many of those you can convert to paid players. And every game has a conversion ratio based on how their game plays, what that ratio of free to paid becomes. We will have that same opportunity and we will see very quickly when we put this out to the world and we say, you can come do a free pick six, you can win 2,000 miles. And once those miles cash out, here's the kind of things you can do with them. People come and start playing. The first thing that they enjoy it, what do they need to do? They need more heroes. They need right. to move up the leaderboard, right? right. And, um, and who gets first access to those heroes? The geeks. And the drops are now smaller on a per drop basis overall, the number of heroes that are in them. And I do think, and I've never called the shop before, I think these things are going to sell out. So like, I don't, I don't think we're, I think we're going to be in a situation where we have to talk about, we have to have some discussions with the geeks over these next couple of weeks about where the geek allotments are going to be. So I need to understand where the demand is for the geeks. And then I need to try to figure out how much of that we can let the geeks eat because we do need to grow. We need to have some sale availability and we're going to have to figure those kind of things out. And with Bo Jackson, this tip of the spear, I think there's going to be a lot of demand. And we've been building CRM files in the background that you guys don't even know about yet. We've been all, we've already started doing things from on the marketing side. You'll start seeing us roll out more of that content like you've seen over on the Wonder side. We've been doing all that for Home Team Heroes too. We just haven't wanted to hit those people yet because we, we didn't want to hit them until we could start talking about Bo and some of the other things. But we've got that CRM file that's building. We've been building a VIP list. I've had, we've had like 25,000 people sign up to our text list in the last 45 days. So wow. we, have a, we have a mountain of people ready to build demand for the product. And if they come in and they want to play and they can't access the packs, but they want to build their, their, their collection, the market is right there in front of them. Miles are easy now to get and understand, and they can begin stacking and moving up that leaderboard even if they don't have packs. And if they can't get mm -hmm. enough packs, they can turn to secondary for it. There's a, there's a bit of a powder keg here that's kind of – that I think this game could potentially fuel. And it was kind of funny in the chat when we first announced it, you get some – I'll just say it. You, the, smooth response, the smooth brain response is, oh, well, that's going to put a bunch of BPX in hands of just people outside the community – and it just, it's very short-sighted. It's like, well, that's literally the point to bring them in and move them into mm -hmm. the community. And, mm -hmm. and the catalyst that that create, could create is it could be very strong. I think it's interesting that what you're getting at too is thinking philosophically about the different kinds of communities that you want brought in. And clearly HTH is one group of people. I, to me, it feels like a little bit more of the old school card, analog card collectors. You've got the miners who are maybe a little bit more Web3 focused. And with Pick 6, I'm hearing that there's an opportunity for people who, you know, might like to have some, uh, ha have the chance to really root for their players. And I, I to me, especially as a, as a middle, former middle school English teacher who is always preaching about, you know, relentless positivity. I really kind of like the fact that the that we're not going to be rooting against these heroes. We're going to be rooting for these heroes to outperform. And I think for those of for for those people who suddenly get an idea of, okay, this is a this is a a program or a flagship that 
can allow me to, without cost, be able to root for my players in the, uh, what, what did you call them? One, one-offs? One, 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 one way. So you have to, you one can ways, only take ways. the over. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Um, I really like that idea. And and I think that there's also a, a, a positive aspect in, involved, especially when you're not betting against. Yeah. Right? And we'll get, we'll get flooded for that some. Some people are going to say, oh, this sure. line for such and such player is way too high. It's like, okay, well, then don't pick that line. Sure. Sorry that you wanted him at 40 points. We got him at 45, yeah. but go find somebody else. I mean, that's just kind of the yeah, way that sure. one has to go. So. I could definitely see some channels being being involved and, and created in, in the in the discords out there for sure. Um, so you know, I, I think it's really exciting. This pick six is is very innovative. It's very interesting. It's very new. I'm sure there are some more questions that we'll be able to kind of think through and and hopefully you can answer down the road. But you know, in the interest of time, I do want to get to kind of our our last main silo, which I am the most excited about. When I heard that Snap Games was coming back. I mean, really, the Raz is what brought me into not just Web3 and understanding how to work different kinds of networks and, you know, working through Polygon, but then also working with block packs. Just the excitement of it just absolutely, you know, gets me going. And I'm so thrilled to hear that not only is it coming back and similar to the pick six where it's sort of like you just sit there and things are kind of getting added to your to your wallets. Uh, the Snap Games is so cool in terms of it being able to flip the script. Instead of eliminations, we are adding to our wallets with shatters. I thought that that was a really interesting mechanic that you all are including. And I want to talk about some questions that we have when it comes to the Snap Games in general. Now, I know, Frenchie, that you mentioned that in, in the State of the Union that there will be physical cards that will be tied to the heroes um of of the snap games so that you will you'll you'll purchase the commons you'll maybe stockpile the commons those commons are going to then be randomized 256 of those commons will be eligible for giving you the first level tier of shatters and then you work your way up until there's only one left t sage had a question in regards to the connection between the physical cards and the um, and the heroes that will be tied to those physical cards. He asks, will we know the physical cards that will be tied to the heroes before we buy into the drop? For example, I have to buy a certain amount for my collision, but if there's a card that I'm chasing that may be tied to commons, I'd like to know what they are before buying. Are you planning on creating some kind of list that we will have access to before each drop where the cards will be connected to the players, the HTH players? So is the question the question is will the will you know which player is in the drop before you buy into the drop? Is that the question? I believe the question more is about will we know what kind of assets are going to be tied to oh, each Oh, will the hero? set list. It will, it'll, yeah. it'll be, so let me, okay, this may be a good time to clarify this. I do want to make sure that everyone understands that the, the excuse me, snap game, the snap game is going to have some kind of headline cards. We'll promote those. And then the, the list is going to be much deeper because you're talking like 90 variations per drop, give or take. And there won't be an instant win mechanic anymore because it just, just wasn't a really good way to make that fit right. in. So they're, they're all, uh, they all follow this exact same mechanic. And the, you know, the set list, I think the, set, the first set list is around $50-ish thousand dollars worth of cards. I mean, it's a good set list. It's got good stuff wow. in it. It's not, 
we're not like cheaping out and not doing anything, but I don't, but I don't want folks to think that this is a half a million dollars worth of cards either. Um, you, you won't be seeing stuff like the big 25, 50,000. We had some cards that were up close to 50 grand in the other RAS. And, and you, and what you ended up with is you had just a small handful of guys that were liquidity providers near the end that were willing to take that type of risk. And those things went for just horrific EVs. Right. And um, it just wasn't really good. And even at 2,500, you start pushing it, frankly. It, it really works best. The, the lower the cost the card is, the more fun people have. They don't want sure. to smash their head against the wall when they lose. It's just, you know, we, we want this to be fun and engaging. Plus you have the, plus the shatters add value as well, right? Definitely. Yeah, Definitely. so, so it's, a, it's a different game today than it was then. And the value proposition is is a more all encompassing value proposition. So, but will you know every card before you before the drop? Probably not. Um, I don't know. I won't say. Uh, you'll know it before the before you rip your packs for sure. Okay. But you might okay. not know it when we do the geek sale like a month ahead. Okay. But you'll know some headliners. But we're not. You know, we're not necessarily looking at the 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 snap game to sell the set. Right. With the set, if the set won't sell on its own. Then the then the snap game that becomes really problematic. The snap game is really we're just looking for that to be additive fun. The main thing we're trying to get back from it from a business standpoint is the what it did to build the community. That part mm -hmm. was just yeah. rock solid, and that's what we're investing in is community yeah. building. That's why we're doing it. Um, we're not doing it necessarily to just provide. Uh, value back, even though it will, it, it, that's not the reason for it. The reason is to make you all better. friends and and create yeah. new relationships that that's what it really does well and and i think that you you hit the nail on the head with that the idea that i think the the raz of your really built a lot of community and built that trust that we have ingrained really in a lot of us and it really builds a lot of the friendships that we've made over the last couple of years i i like the fact that you're highlighting that as the particular important aspect of reintroducing the snap games back into this. And yeah, I, I think that that's, that's really key. Um, I know that there, there were other folks that, so I, that's helpful to know that we won't necessarily have the specific set list. Like we won't know, you know, Matata is card X, Showtime is card Y, you know, somebody else is going to be card Z. Um, that's helpful to know. Um, in terms of the prizes, I know BP Ferg Yu was asking um, a question similarly to the prizes. Uh, are there any plans in place to still accommodate those collectors who prefer comics or NFTs or coins over trading cards in terms of the prizes? So we're going to try to align uh, HTH more clearly in the vein of sports. And um, we actually have some ideas to tie the snap game 
to some fun Bantam activations when Bantams are there Ooh, to help us fun. onboard more CCG people. Um, right on. The NFTs, and I know you're a big fan of those, GT. Things. Obviously, they're really good for, um, they, they tend to trade at a really good uh, EV because they're so liquid. They trade it, well, as long right. as it's a floor, right? A floor mutant will trade really close to that current floor because people know it's instantly liquid. And um, right. uh, we not planning to, honestly, we were going to put it more in sports fame, but I will say that's one where I'm happy to respond to the community. If you guys are like, man, we'd, we really, really want some, some headline NFTs outside of our ecosystem and that's something people want. I'm not opposed to it. Other, the only thing that I was just trying to do was just try to keep it on brand with sports. That That's kind of right. what we thought right. made the most sense for HTH. So, and there just aren't right. a lot of sports NFTs really. So, uh, but I'll, we could look at that. It's not it's not awesome. off the table, but it's not currently on the on the table. I would say. And as a as follow up to the the prizes and the set list, um, BP Fergie also had a question regarding um, regarding the different values of particular cards. And I sort of synthesized this into this question: Do do you have any concerns that maybe a more expensive card that's say tied to Showtime and maybe a more cheapy card tied to Rockstar will skew the market at all? Yeah, we thought cards? about that. It will early for sure. Um, it, that'll that'll be a thing that the mar- that we'll have to kind of see how how it shakes out for sure. Um, okay. And you know, the, I think the thing that you could do is if you only care about your set totals and the game is not important to you, then I would probably buy on a lag that gets you behind the game. Um, I think mm-hmm. it's probably safe safe to say that the people that are and we've seen this and we've got data from this because you would see people that would stack IMs to play the old game, and then once they got you know once there was a once the Raz tokens were there those they would then sell those to to people that wanted the points right so i i would expect that those same type trends could happen again so if you really only care about the points and building your set and you're like yeah that showtime's too high because it's still got the value of the of that card implicit in it um i'll just wait until that gets taken out and once the purples drop that market should adjust right back to where that card is properly valued. So I think it's, it may just be a time thing more than anything. Mm. Yeah. And GT, real quick, just on that topic yeah. though, like the other thing with building the set list as Cooper was going through it is the, the spread on the cards being high value, like different values there. It's a lot closer together. So you, right. you may, you're not going to get such a big drastic difference of a $50,000 card and then a $200 card. You, the idea here is to have them all kind of be in that similar range. Right. And and that, that'll make sure it stays a little closer in balance. But as Jeff said, like you can just get your comments after the fact. And that leads into we intentionally left off all of the color as not being part of the snap game to avoid messing with their, their collectability, their point values and things of that nature. Mm. You know, so, so you got me thinking now about the 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 common value, but I'm wondering now when we go up into the white shatter territory. Imagine, yeah. You know, for, for so for me personally, you know, I'm not much of a card guy. I have like three collectible cards in my house, but I love chasing shatters. Right, I love chasing the shatter rainbows. And Correct me if I'm wrong, but the way that I see it, if you own that white shadow shatter, you are essentially getting two times the value. You get the value of the shatter, and then you get the value of the card that's tied to that shatter as the winning prize. Correct. Now, imagine if, say, Slappy won a white shatter, and I have I was able to last until the penultimate round. I've got the pink shatter rainbow, but I don't want the card. 
Will there be a way for Slappy to redeem the card, thus losing the value of the prized attached, so that he can then sell just the shatter to me for the market price of yeah. a white shatter? Yeah, so let me clarify that. When you win that final snap and you earn your one-of-one one white shatter, we will then also airdrop you your vault uh, Got it. Okay. item. Oh, so excellent. Yeah, it's going to be two separate items that you win in that final snap. Your one-on-one and your vault item, vault card. Uh, so you can then, yes, absolutely, you could you could move your entire, you could trade your white rainbow, you could sell just the white, you could do whatever you want and uh, independently as they exist now. Oh my gosh, that makes it so easeful. That's amazing. Yeah, I, I didn't I didn't realize that it was going to be two separate, but that completely that completely makes a lot of sense. Um, I mean, the snap games are fun. I'm I'm really really excited about it. I I do think that you know the more in advance we might be able to have in terms of understanding what the set list is going to be. I know it's probably way too far, but I'm wondering about a consumer who's thinking about, you know, a prize card in drop three of baseball versus, you know, should I wait to spend my money on drop three, depending on what the prizes might be. But it does sound like what Jeff is getting at is, you know, this is a nice little bit of spice, but it's not going to be the main event. The big main event for what the, for why this exists really boils down to the community building. It boils down to making sure that we're wheeling and dealing with various aspects of, of, of deal making. And hopefully, I really, really hope that we can have another Wayne Gretzky Opeachy in there because that's been a card that's shown up like six times in Razzes. I want it back, guys. GP, I want it take, back. A, take a scenario like this where you're in the last week of Snap Games Drop 1, which means you've already bought Drop 2, you've already ripped it, You've got all your commons getting ready. You're like, what card do I want in drop two? Oh, crap. My I ripped and rode this common all the way to the right. four, and I got four days left until it goes to the one. Well, do I want to extract that trading value to go get a ton of commons maybe in drop two because I prefer that card instead? I, I, you remind me of the timing of it, right? Because the snap games are going to be happening the month after, which is going to coincide with the next drop. That does make sense in terms of the timing. So, in fact, More what fun. I'm thinking, my, my, my concern actually is maybe less, less strong because we'll get to see what's going to be happening that, that week. Um, excellent. So I, yeah, I'm excited for snap games. I'm excited for pick six. I'm excited for HTH. I, I really am excited for everything. And, you know, one thing that I want to touch base on before I maybe ask a, just two general questions and then we'll kind of, um, you know, shut things down for tonight. But, um, I didn't really receive many questions about Bantams. I know that, Jeff, you spoke a lot about the Barefoot ecosystem. You have talked in the discords about what's going on. Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah, just when am I getting the card I won? When am I getting the card? You mentioned I won a card. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you, won, you, won, um, you, you won one of those Valentine's Day cards that you can get at like a Walgreens. Yeah, absolutely. With a couple of sweethearts in there. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks. Um, so, so yeah, Jeff, I, I wanted to, we didn't really receive too many questions and I know you've been, you know, active in the, in the Bantams discord a little bit and the, the barefoot ecosystem. I do know that there is some sentiment of, of mourning, I, I would say for how the barefoot ecosystem as we know it may be sunsetting or shifting or changing. Um, do, do you want to just provide any sort of general sort of response to, to those sentiments or, or any thoughts now that you've had the chance to speak? 
speak with some some community members about what's going on with the barefoot ecosystem? Sure. Yeah, I'd love to do that. Um, if I could just front run that just a second, because something hit me on Twitter and I, I realized that we didn't really, maybe I just failed at communicating this. So somebody was asking, they, the, the general said, this is a person that's been very supportive um, and said that the Web3 people, and I think maybe he was listening to space, said that uh, Web3 people feel alienated because we're not rewarding the wonders character proofs. And that's, we just, that wasn't today. <laughs> Today's not wonders day. Like I, I said that at the beginning of the video, I said, we're not covering the wonders. And that's what I meant. Like, so the wonders character proofs have only been out, what, two months, three months? Uh, not that long, right? So when did they go out? Like October, November? I can't, I lose track of time. But anyway, it's not their time yet for that. Like we're, that's just premature. But the wonders character proofs definitely are going to participate because we absolutely want the Wonders character proof holders in our Miles ecosystem because we want them to want to participate in the uh, rewards that specifically relate to Wonders. So if anybody's listening and thinks that Wonders are just omitted, they're just not in what all we're talking about today. So I, I did try to clarify that in the video. I apologize if that didn't, if that missed. I just actually posted a tweet. I don't want anything. I don't want people running around saying, well, sh we got these character proofs. I bought one and now they got all this other great stuff over here and we're getting left out. Uh, not the case. Um, just not that today's not the day for that. Um, and it's kind of funny, GT, how these things go, because I think if you polled most block packs people for the last like month or so, they'd be like, shit, where's Jeff? He's only talking about wonders. What about us? Right? <laughs> I know. I know. Um, yeah. So, yeah. you know, I have no. to, I have to ebb and flow around. We have, we have different silos that, I, that, that need, need my support at different times. And, um, and, uh, and today was definitely just that core. I refer to it as core block packs. It's, it's, it's really just kind of the, Sports side, marketplace side, and that sort of thing is really what we're referring to. Yeah, th thanks for clarifying that. And and I did I I did not do as as good of a job to remind folks that we we really were addressing specific stuff to the State of the Union today. But without a doubt, the Block Packs ecosystem, the roots run deep and they run wide. And I know that we've been focusing a lot of our efforts on on the wonders, and and you've been focusing on that, especially with the um, with the play testing that was happening last week. Gosh, that feels like a month ago. Yep. Um, yep. But I I'm sure. If if there are others who are interested in Frenchie coming on and talking about wonders and miners, um, you know we that we we can definitely carve out some time on BPX after dark um, in the future yeah. uh, for sure. But specifically, you know, we we did have some some news today, and and I know that that we've been talking a lot about that today. But um, yeah, Jeff, any any thoughts? Yeah, on, let me just on yeah, if I if I can speaking? now that now that it's out, let me just unpack a couple of quick things. Um, the Originally, I wasn't going to cover Bantams yet. I've known for a while that I was, um, Kish, who's in the audience, me and him have had a lot of talks over the last, I mean, call it six months, about the direction of other side and how we had basically, you know, hitched the Bantam train to building in that world. And for those who know who know Kish, I mean, he, he started a whole uh, group called the Other Guild which a number of the members from that, that the other guild end up proving, proving very helpful to us because it's how we found Brian Tinsman. It's how we found Justin. I mean, we, it, so that was great from a networking standpoint. So I definitely, uh, that group was, we were able to really have a lot of core people come over and help us from that. So that's been awesome. But we were just talking about kind of some of the, the general, and, and look, I, I don't want people to FUD us and I try not to FUD other people's stuff. Like, but I think Yuga is so big, you have to at times have an honest discussion with something that is the leader to the extent that they are right. And, and, and they, um, I think there was a lot of stuff that they had, uh, said that they were going to do on the other side. And Lord knows we've had things we've had to change. So I don't fault right. people for that. 
But right. there are some things where I feel like when we've made changes, we've always just tried to go down and tick and tie. And I'll cover this on Bantams here in a second. We try to go down and tick and tie, not just the big people that are affected, but the little people that are affected. And we try to make the best solution for everybody, but you do have to be able to iterate. And I understand that for their business too. They have to be able to do that as well. But, you know, they, to be fair, like, they took in a massive amount of money on the other side, a massive amount. And they told us that we were going to have certain things in the development of that, one of which was the resources. They provided a, 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 a whole white paper on how there was going to be the Segura marketplace and how those resources were going to be the key to all the crafting. They gave us all of that. And it was, and it was something that Kish and I came up with the idea for how we were going to tie in the Bantam game and emit the resources from deeds and be able to use those in the Bantam game. We thought that was going to be so cool. And it was, it was a really good idea on paper. And then they just kind of didn't hold up their end of that deal. And the more, the further they got away from that, I was, I started kind of ringing the alarm bell and, and we were like, well, let's just wait and see, let's wait and see, and let's wait and see. And then unfortunately those fears did come home to roost. And I, I started really having fear when I, when the whole royalty thing broke out and I mean, I believe in permissionless ownership. I mean, I do. Like, I, I don't believe that we should gatekeep your assets. We have a custodial marketplace, but we don't gatekeep you. You can pull your stuff out, and that's very important. And if, if, if they had said, look, we're going to build a better marketplace, and we're going to give you better reasons to use it, and we're going to make it better, and then part of making it better, we're going to charge a fee, great. That's exactly what we did, right? And then that's a carrot approach. And I would have supported that fully, but they went much more the stick approach. And when they started doing things, I don't know if you all track it very closely, they started doing things in their heavy metal game um, where the assets that were emitted from that, they, they put them on uh, permission to contracts. It was only like one marketplace that would even uphold that permission. It was X2Y2. And then they ended up cutting their head off and moved over to Magic Eden. And didn't, they're not, they wouldn't even sell their stuff on that marketplace anymore. Um, so it's kind of like with Yuga, you're kind of their friend as long as you're it's like, what have you done for them lately? It seems. And that's just the way it's going out there. And I know that this may get clipped and sent around web three and I'm not trying to make an enemy out of the monkeys. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I, 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 I don't want that, but they, but there are just some things that they're doing that are a bit antithetical to what I believe in. And so we said, look, we got to move off of that. We got to get away from the other side. We got to do our own thing and do it our own way. And when that decision became clear, when they made the changes the other night, I was like, man, when they, when they announced they were going away from really what was going to be the primary driver of the resource values, which was their, their game, and they said, we're not going to build a game, we're only going to build a infrastructure play. Well, then there's no catalyst anymore that, I mean, may, maybe they come up with something and maybe I'm just blind to it, but the catalyst they had told us before was, is now gone. Right, and so right. I was like, that's it. We just can't, we can't stay hitched to this anymore. And I didn't want people to start bringing it up on us. So I was like, I just announced that we were going to move in a different direction. Right. And then the reason I added the Bantams today is because I didn't want, as we were building the decks and beginning to build the, I, the, the catalog of IP we were going to build and all the things we were going to do, I didn't want anything to slip out about which assets would be the key to getting that and cause something to get front run or that sort of thing. So we worked to keep it a mm -hmm. very big secret. Mm -hmm. And then we announced it today. So now today people understand which assets are which. And sure. I feel like right now, the thing that I will say is that I am completely red-pilled on the IP ownership, decentralized IP perspective that we have on Wonders. I think the market has shown us that they are embracing the living crap out of that. 
And I really love it. And a few people don't value that. And that's fine. They don't have to. And But I think it's overwhelmingly had a, a smash hit from a market perspective. And I think the idea of doing the Bantams that way makes a lot of sense. A lot of sense. And, and, I, and I appreciate what you said, too, about the IP. Because I'm, I, too, am not really much of an IP guy. But when you were addressing that in the Discord today, you said, you know, listen – you don't have to really do anything with IP in order for it to potentially, you know, pay off in the long run. You know, right. you certainly can, but and and that, and that's an extra kind of bonus. But there's it, it's it's sort of like you're you're playing with with house money a little bit. Um, and and I appreciate your thoughts. I think one thing that I was talking about last week in BPX After Dark was listen. You know, at the end of the day, two years ago when you were hopping on, you know, to to Yuga and partnering with them, you know, was it was it a mistake to partner with the most popular, most profitable, most you know voluminous NFT company out there? No, but you know things have changed in the last couple of years, and as a result, it always is worth getting to reevaluate what things look like for both parties. And I think that for you. Clearly, it came to a moment where you're like, this is actually going in a different direction than than I was thinking for our project as well. Yeah. And maybe it's a good chance to just hit the reset button a little bit. Maybe not reset, but you know, just think about think about different ways to 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 reimagine what what the what the line will look like. Yep. And I, I don't want to. I know I, I don't want to get too long winded on this because I know. Um, but but the one thing that I'll say too is that there was a point at which we thought we were within like literally weeks maybe a month or so of getting the what they were referred to as their ODK, the development kit that would allow us to then understand how to build. We, we, and mm-hmm. this was like, I mean, I don't even remember. Kish might remember when this was. I mean, this was a long time ago. We thought that that was like imminent. And then it just kind of went silent. And then not long after, well, say it took a while after that, then they dropped improbable. And there was just so many changes. And look, I understand things happen. I get it. Um, but the communication wasn't there and we just didn't have the confidence that we could stick in and, and ride that out anymore. So we had the Bantams, we saw the way the characters landed. People did love them. They still love them, I think. And I think we create a whole lot more of them. People will love them. The lane that that's in is actually the the biggest out of all of the major franchises. If you if you take the market for a comparable franchise, um, that one is actually bigger, especially on a global scale than the other, sure. the other lanes we're in. So I'm incredibly bullish on the franchise as a whole. I'm bullish on the idea of the, of the IP. Um, I'm bullish that the team can deliver a nice game mechanic. What we haven't proved yet, we haven't proved that we can do good QC on cards. Um, we have good mm-hmm. factory rep. I think we're going to do a good job there, but we haven't proven that yet. And we haven't proven yet that we can take those to the masses at scale. We've proved that we can have one successful play test and people can be really excited about our game mechanics. We've proven that we can put a guy in the seat that has the resume to do it, but we haven't proven yet that we can scale it. But if you look yeah. at the other things that we have proven, I think we have proven enough things that should give a lot of confidence in the strategy for the Bantams more than, more than I would say. I'd be curious to know that with what we have proven so far and what we're saying we're going to do to, to take those proven things for the Bantams – I'd be curious to know what non-art Web3 projects have a better potential catalyst than the Bantams and the other things we're doing. And I'd love to have that discussion if folks know of some. Now, the thing that I think is completely fair and reasonable right now is to say, well, what about the cards? Like, we got the first edition Bantams. And the thing I'll say about those is I see those as the absolute easiest thing for us to drive value to. Because the Bantam cards are 
they're the genesis of the whole Bantam world. Like those cards are it. And, you know, some ideas and things, I've actually typed this in Discord. I mean, what if we said, okay, if we're going to take, uh, for everybody that's got a Sismo rainbow, a gold rainbow, we're going to give you one gold Sismo box in the first edition of Bantam's physical. It's yours for free. And we're going to let you buy up to five more. And the only people that can buy them are the people that have the Sismos. And now mm-hmm. you have something that no one else has, got one for free, you get others for your miles, and we reward you for that rainbow that you collected. And then what if we do that for other things in this set? There's just, there's so many things we can look at to do in that collection. The thing that didn't work or wouldn't have worked, the only, I thought about the idea of saying, if you've got a rainbow of bantams, Maybe you can get a Bantam claim similarly. like So maybe a, a X rainbow is equal to a pirate or a parrot. I did think about that. But when I started looking at it, it's like you're going to leave so many people out. You're going to – you're de- deciding which level those come in. It just got way murkier. Yeah. So I would like to find the right reward for the, for the Bantam card holders – and then, you know, the, they were born, for better or worse, out of those pirates and parents. That's, how, that's where the chaos packs and, the, and the, the, right. um, the other pack, the chaos pack and the regular pack came from. They're, they're, in, they're inexplicably tied today, and I want to untie them, get them off of that IP, get them into their own IP that's only the Bantams. And I think it's all going to come together great. If I was a Bantam holder, I would be, or excuse me, if I was a, a Bantam card holder or I was holding a parrot or a pirate, I would be personally incredibly happy and excited about this the only thing i would kind of hate about it is the timeline um i'd be like damn i wish i had it today and that's fair but we only have so many resources and we're we're just going to have to land it when we can just to let you know i always look at one of the reasons why i love doing the show with jams is for for a year is he's a whale in the space and i always loved hearing what jams was doing because he does do things right with the collection he builds and to your point is you would be bullish I don't think you have to look any further as GT. I'm not sure if you saw. I was texting. I texted Alpha to find out what he thought about your YouTube premiere. He did not watch it starting at two. He was behind the rest of us. So he did not go in and sweep it before the rest of us. But if you look at the parrots, guess who picked up every parrot he could on the floor? And he took that floor way up. And it was Alpha. So, Jeff, you 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 would do it. But I, I can tell you who actually did do it. And that was Alpha. So we And, and I... Th- uh, yeah, I, I do. Th- I, I appreciate that that anecdote, Slappy. And I do think that to to your point too, Frenchie, like there is something really empowering about being able to, you know, disconnect yourself from a particular partnership so that you have the opportunity for your own individual individuality to grow. And and I think that that's really interesting. Perhaps it's going to it's the, the the not the leanness, but the 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 more focused kind of attention on creating its own world, its own space is exciting to me. And so, and obviously, at the end of the day, you know, it's hard when we have to pivot not not pivot, but when when we have to re- readjust or or change something that we think was going to go down. But at the end of the day, a lot of the work that you've done is really revolved around that in a lot of different silos. I will say that um, I, I am seeing. Oh gosh, I'm I'm trying to get my. Oh yeah, so Patrick did did tweet a little response, um, and this can be philosophical. I also see Ghetto. I see. I will get to you. I know Kisher is on. I do want to throw out um, Pat what Patrick said. He says I'm really mourning over the loss of Parrot's merch. 
Maybe there's going to be one last gasp with a run of Bantam merch since Bantams are supplanting parrots and pirates before maybe you pull that supply line. Something to think about um, in terms of that space. But I do want to get to Kisher. I know he hopped on stage. Kisher, will do you have any thoughts um, or, or input? And then we'll get to Ghetto Icy's question. Hey, thanks, JT. Um, you know, uh, I only have a couple minutes on here and I got to jump to another meeting. But um, uh, just hearing about Frenchie and, you know, uh, the bantams and all the the pivots we've had to make to get to where we are, and I really think everything we've done has really put it in a place that is really prime for a big, large mainstream audience. So I'm excited about, you know, I'm excited about the possibility of taking the IP back into our own hands. And does it pain me that we are breaking ties with you a little bit? Um, however, I think that. I agree with Frenchie that over the last you know few months, we've really taken a hard look. We've had a lot of conversations back and forth about um, some of the decisions and choices they've made, and I'm excited to see Daria back in the helm. Um, however, you know we think that if we are just going to be tailing that train, we're kind of at the whims of what they're doing. And, and Bantams is really cool, and I'm really excited to start building and creating uh, a lot of those characters that you'll be getting for um, your parrots and pirates. Thank you for your thoughts, Kisher, and and thank you for hopping on and, and providing that input and perspective. And I think, again, to, to my point, you know, you all weren't the same company that you were two years ago when you hopped on, right? And with and w- when you partnered with Yuga. And Yuga wasn't the same company that they were two years ago, hey, right? Hey, G- so GT, if one thing I could just say, I, I do want to make sure this doesn't get clipped and thrown around. Like, Yuga never partnered with us. We were just building on their IP the same way. Right, right, right. right. Yeah, so like yeah. we were... They gave the IP rights. We utilized them. We built them. We built the pirates, which I thought were were pretty cool. A really good, I thought, use and expansion of their IP. I thought, and, and then I thought that the um, tying the bantams to those resources that was really cool. I mean, what we did was, I think, objectively cool. It just, again, once we started seeing the well, shit, this is just isn't like. It's just not going to, they're not going to, this isn't going to work the way we had it drawn up. So what are we going to do? We can't just keep going down that road. We have to cut bait. And we just, unfortunately, we just, our hand kind of got forced there to be, to be honest with you. Sure. Yeah, makes sense. And thank you for that clarification. Uh, Ghetto IC, I will um, throw it over to you for one final question before we um, wrap up with a couple of general questions and then let us all go to bed before we turn into a pumpkin. Ghetto IC, go ahead. Thank you. I, you know, I was going to say that, you know, Jeff always does what's right. So, you know, I'm sure he's unhappy about the whole situation. And I'm thinking like anybody that's been here for Pirates and Parrots should be around long enough to know that you guys really always try to do the right thing and and not even try, like you guys do the right thing. My question uh, after that comment, it's, and Kish kind of just touched on it. It sounds like you guys are going to be going the character proof, quote unquote, route for the Bantam stuff. So are there going to be lands and, I saw, you know, the trainer cards and different stuff. Do you have an idea in your head kind of what that looks like? And then how big is the collection going to be? Is it going to be like 3,000 to cover the parrots and pirates? I think it's 2,500 and 500, if I'm not mistaken. Is that what you're thinking size-wise or larger? No, man, you, you're you're hitting the nails on the head. First of all, we're not planning any, because uh, if you, you know, that, the Pokemon stuff and all is the, if we're going to kind of build in that vein, you don't have lands and the artifact. Uh, well, you do have some. You have you have trainers in Pokemon that can be lots of different things. It doesn't necessarily just mean it's a trainer human being. But the um, and so for for a Pokemon Maxi actually, or someone who knows a lot about Pokemon, let me be clear when I say a trainer. I'm referring to the trainer in the context of 
the humans, like literally, like whatever the whatever the 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 people that walk around with the characters in their pocket. That's what I'm referring to on those skellies, right? So just to clarify that, because a, a trainer doesn't have to be a human. You can have a poke. I think a pokeball in the game is a trainer, actually. Um, sure. But yep. but I'm talking to the actual humanoids, and so we are anticipating that all of the characters will be in this one. They will all be bantams, like the they'll be the char- the creature, the little dudes, right? They'll all be like Pikachu's, and the trainers will all be whatever our We've got some ideas. I don't want to say them because I don't want to anchor you to one or the other. We've got a couple of different ways we're thinking about taking it. Um, but those will be uh, something that's not the creature, but something that kind of uh, helps control the creature. We'll just leave it at that. And as far as collection size, uh, yes, 3,000 or or less because there's um, the, we, we know that there's some ghosts in that that if we have a claim, they're not going to show up. And so... Uh, I would anticipate the collection being a fair bit smaller than 3,000. So I think you're going to be looking at – if, I, if you, you put a gun in my head right now, I'd say this collection probably ends up in the 2,200-ish range, probably no more than 2,500. I, w- I would be floored if it goes over 2,500 um, because I just know a lot of it's not going to get claimed. And then that's going to then lead us to – a much smaller universe of these characters than than what you have in Wonders of the First. So uh, probably about half the size. So that's what I'm saying, man. I, I just feel like this should be a pretty bullish thing for for the Bantams. And, I, and I'll just say this. If we don't feel like the pirate ratio, if you look back to what the pirates to the parrots were rewarded, my goal is to try to keep that in line. I look at a pirate to a parrot kind of like I look at a, a, a legend geek down to a little bit of a co- amalgamation of hero and all star, and mm-hmm. if you look back to the to the token reward that a parrot got versus a versus a pirate, that's kind of the type of value proposition we're going to try to hold to in the way we create it. So, um, just to help give the market some guidance on what how they should think about it, like we're going to try to make it where that's the type of value proposition for the legendaries versus the basics, but. What I said is accurate on the video. Pikachu's a basic Pokemon, and we absolutely could have some basics break out of the out of the out of the the basics and and become like really frontline dudes. Like that could happen. Frontline from an IP standpoint, Pikachu's not very powerful, but he's the mascot, right? Shout out um, to mm-hmm. Bart. Shout out to Bart. Yeah. So yeah, I I, I I see this as good news. Being a like a Pokemon fan and, and really a Bantam fan, right? Like I, I think that. I think you said it on the video, like it's kid friendly. It's it's, and I think you were hitting at it just a minute ago as as the franchise you were referring to without saying Pokemon versus Magic. Pokemon, I think, is bigger than Magic for sure. Um, so you know, it's a sad day to see the the pirates and the parrots sunset, but it, it was cool art. But I, they're I've not going. They're not going that. anywhere. Like you'll still own them. Yeah, yeah. And right. We're gonna we'll we'll yeah, get yeah, them yeah. on IPFS and they'll live on. You know, they're not going anywhere. Yeah. You'll still have it, and they'll be part of the ephemera of our process forever. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah. We're just not gonna we're just not gonna be emphasizing. We're not gonna be putting more emphasis on. They're, they'll just kind of be these these little relics of you know age gone by, basically. And and I'm looking forward to to Bantams and the barefoot the barefoot ecosystem part two. And and Ghetto Icy, thanks again for your for your input and your questions and. Yeah, and, and you know, we've obviously covered a lot tonight, and um, I know that we're kind of reaching the home stretch. I've got two more questions. One's going to be for Eric. One's going to be for Frenchie. They'll be a little bit more general, um, and then we'll say our goodbyes. But of course, I want to just thank everybody 
for the gift of your time, the conversation, the the pushback. I mean, this kind of openness, this kind of dialogue that we're able to have here in the Block Packs community and on BPX After Dark is what makes me keep coming back as your host. It's the kind of support that I get, the kind of questions that are being asked, and the kind of guests who are willing to come on. I'm super grateful for everything that you all are and who you all are. And, um, and, and so just thank you from the bottom of my heart for a great, a great conversation. And of course, thank you to Jeff and Eric. Um, I'm going to throw over this question to Eric. I feel like this is a, an Eric question to ask. Um, Eric, I know that we covered a lot in this conversation. We covered a lot in the State of the Union video. And I want to ask you, what do you feel like is the most slept on bit of news or alpha that might have gotten overlooked or might get overlooked by other people um, or other things that were that were dropped? Like, is there some particular mechanic or nugget that you're like, oh, this is going to be big that people don't even know? Woof. That is a that is a, a mouthful of a question there. I mean, you know, truthfully, I just think it's not so much that it's a nugget. I think something that maybe people don't realize as much is like, we hear everything you guys say. Can we respond to everything at the drop of the hat in that instant moment? No, not, but what, what I will say is, if we miss on something or we don't hear something, we always go back and find it and try to make right by it, right? Mm-hmm. And even, mm-hmm. even in this moment, if you look at what we did in this entire presentation, we revitalized every legacy piece of items that we have promised to the community over the last three years. It took us a couple months to put it all together. Like, honestly, all this conversation started the day I basically walked in the door on December 1st. And it took us this long to just kind of iron out the plans, get a plan together and say, we owe this to the community. We promised them this. Let's make right on that. And I just, I just want people to understand that we, we hear you and we are always, always going to try to take care of this community because without you guys, we don't have anything. It's funny. I hadn't thought about that as the kind of slept on bit of information, but you're totally right. I mean, now that I think about it, you know, in terms of the deliverables to the community, you really have, you know, kind of come through in spades. You've one left. You've, you've, yeah, go ahead. There's one left. Break it down. That little shark screen, that little laugh. Ah, that will get slapped on. You're totally right. So that item will come into play eventually. And, and something, again, what people remember is like, we can't do every one of these things at the same time because right. if, they, if they play into the game or if they play into a piece, well, we got to give the engineer team an opportunity to build the fundamental piece of it first and then tweak the fun into it. But I think those sharks, once minted, once they come alive and they're in existence, they're going to be a really fun piece if it gets to eat in potentially two places now, not just one. Everybody was waiting for it to be a part of the, the, the Raz and the Snap game, and we just waited on and waited. And now it's like, aha, what if it gets to play in the pick six parlay game? And now there's even more reasons to hang on to your sharks and get ready for that whenever it may be. 
I, you, you just can't stay away from just dropping more breadcrumbs, you Willy Wonka, you. I love it. I love it. Thank you, Eric. And I, but, and, and I think you're right. I, I love the fact that you highlighted something that is larger in terms of the larger ethos of block packs that you listen and that you try your best to deliver. And gosh darn it, like I think that you've done a pretty good job of that with this State of the Union. And then, of course, always future forward looking. And I can't wait for the sharks or the shorks as well. Um, and Eric, I, I'm really, really grateful for the gift of your time tonight, for your input, for your conversation, for your energy, the fact that you've been up here for the last two and a half hours. Thank you. Thank you so much. I, and I, and yeah, go ahead, Eric. Awesome. I, I, I really appreciate that. I actually enjoy it. I, I love being a part of it. Um, and, I, and I will say like, shout out to Jeff too. I think, you know, we, we all beat him up a little bit sometimes, but I mean, last week he's cutting CCG content and he's doing all his wonder stuff and, and, you know, I'm beating him up going, Hey, like we got to cut this HCH content. We got to get this ready. And I yeah. remember I flew in Monday and it was 1230 in the morning and we're sitting in the wonders of the first uh, house actually. And I remember him looking at me and being like, we got to get this stuff done. And I think he said that around seven o'clock and I was like, all right, look, I flew here to South Carolina. I'm here. It doesn't matter. We'll get it done. I don't care how long it goes. Well, at 1 a.m., he looks at me and goes, dang, it's been a long week and it's only Monday or it's only Tuesday. <laughs> and I was like, oh, That's Monday. a pretty good Jeff impression, too, right <laughs> We're there. In for a long one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, listen, I, the, the energy that you bring is palpable. You know, it, the, the fact that you, you are really, really spearheading a lot of interesting projects and really being client forward and, and really focusing on the needs of the community is, is felt. We see it, we hear it and, uh, and keep, keep doing what you're doing. And, and to, to that end, Jeff, I, I, I'm, this is maybe something that you can share or not. Um, but you know, I, I was thinking about, the last few years of the Block Packs ecosystem and really thinking about, you know, retrospective of, say, last year's State of the Union versus this year's State of the Union and how so much can change. And, um, yeah, I've mentioned the, the idea of these side quests like Schrodinger Circuits, CryptoPunk First Editions that you've included in some portions. Now, I know that we've got our main tent poles, but I know that you're always looking down the road and I'm wondering, do you have any side quests in the uh, in the in the bag that you're thinking about, you know, implementing down the road? Um, and if you can't answer that question, I will just ask, what are you most looking forward to in this year of block packs? Um, I mean, there's there's a ton of things that I, that we that I have in the you know bag that we're there are possibilities, and um, if I unpack that, the team would kill me because uh, they would uh-huh. be like, "Wait, why did you say mute that?" Em. But mute them now, cut them off. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, the, yeah, that's it. That's it for us, guys. Thank you very much. <laughs> but as far as what I'm looking forward to for the year ahead now is it, people tend to underestimate what you can do in six months, and, or excuse me, they overestimate mm-hmm. what you can do in six months, and they underestimate what you can do in five years. I mean, we're, we're on a pretty good trajectory here. When I look out, um, you know, we've got a really good line of sight now, I think, for the next 24 months. And I think that if we land our flagship products to everyday humans, um, an influencer I watch on the, in the CCG side refers to them as meat popsicles, if we get the meat popsicles to come in and really vibe with what we're building and they want those products completely absent of any, any care in the world about the, 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 the things we're doing on the Web3 side, 
then we have a real business model. And then I don't believe that there's anyone else that has integrated those two things together the way that we have. And I'd love to continue some of those discussions with folks like Criticen and, and others that that may, if, if someone is feeling a little uh, Web3 shunned, I would really love to have more conversation there because I would push back on that and say, there is no company out there that has truly positioned catalysts to bring real humans that can drive real, real demand and, and, and value into franchises the, the way that we have, even including some of the ones that get, I mean, I, I see other businesses that are doing great things. And, and I, you know, when you look at recurring businesses, a real business model, we, we've got some stuff that I think other people would be pretty jealous to have. And what we haven't had is we haven't had any of the hype train. We haven't had any of the, the you know, I'm not a great hype man. Um, and, and we as a company are not great at that. We're, we're good at core building. And we saw it this week, man. If you put the right things, the, the miners, like Outer Lumen, she literally found them in a JSON file looking at on-chain data because we were intentional and we put them there. Like the, if, if that didn't validate your belief in the miners, I don't know what we could say that will, because that won't be the last mm-hmm. time that happens. It won't be the last time. I mean, if yeah. her book gets any run at all, like we're the back of it. And, and, that, and what I said, the mining age of Ethereum will be the vintage era. It doesn't mean the same way every T209 tobacco card is not expensive today. There's plenty of them you can get for next to nothing. Old doesn't equal valuable. However, you can't be vintage unless you're in a vintage period. And we were there and we bookended it. And then we started the next era fresh. Just those are the types of things on the Web3 side. And then bringing in real people that we can bring into franchise that we built around the Wonders, franchise we're building around Collect HTH, and then red pill them the same way the rest of our community got red pilled. That's the type of catalyst that can really drive this forward. And then isolating the products, NT, only get it with miles, Prism, only get it with dollars. Flagship spit, flagship keeps the lights on. The ultra premium goes to fuel the reward system. More people want the rewards so they can get the ultra premium. So that makes the flagship sell better. It's a it's a it's it's so easy to understand. And if you if you look at it all and say, I think this guy's full of shit and it's not gonna work, fine, that's fair. But I don't think there's anyone in Web3, Web3, Web 2.5, however you want to classify us that has laid out anywhere near the breadth of a plan with all the pieces in place the way that we have. And if anybody thinks otherwise, I'd love to talk to you because I'd love to know what they are because I, I, I try to keep keep a pretty good ear to the ground and I don't know what the hell they are. Thank you. Thank you for that that insight. And I think obviously over the last couple hours, we've we've really had the opportunity to unpack a lot. We've had the opportunity to have some really substantive conversation that we will continue in the Discord and in the Geek Lounge and, of course, in general, and later on spaces as well. I think the fact that we can have this kind of substantive conversation and substantive discussion really moves the needle forward, and that's really important. Slappy, I know you have one question before we uh, wrap things up tonight. Yes, thanks, GT. This is from uh, a geek in the audience, and they wanted to ask, is they want to know if credit card purchases somehow make it to the liquidity pool. So Jeff, we know that it's very hard for you to answer questions around the tokens. Yeah, we know I, can't, you like- I can't, I can't, I definitely cannot even sniff that question. Okay, that's perfect. That's, thank you for at least allowing us that. All right, thanks, GT. 
One one thing again that that I've noticed, Frenchie, is that you provide candor. You provide as much you know your, of of your unbridled perspective as you possibly can, and the roadmap that you continue to provide us is both not only clear but it's rich. And we also have access to have conversations with you to really voice our opinions. And that's something that I'm really grateful for. And Eric, like I was saying, the fact that you are developing all of these projects and products that are customer facing and also communicating with us when you can. And like I'm I like I just heard, you're taking those receipts and figuring out, okay, when can we when can we figure this out a year down the road, two years down the road? That's the kind of work that I really appreciate, especially as um as we continue to invest in you all in the Block Packs ecosystem. Um, thank you so much to the both of you. And thank you, Eric. You joined us on video tonight. We were simulcasting on Google Meet, and uh, and we had a wonderful time getting the chance to see, uh, see each other face-to-face. Um, thank you, of course, to uh, the audience as well, who stayed here until 11.30 Eastern. I mean it I mean it when I say that I feel super lucky to be a part of this Block Packs community. And thank you all for letting me be your host. Thank you for your thought and your care and your pushback and your questions and the discussions that we have. And thank you so much for helping our community, make our community the very best that I truly have ever been a part of. It's truly awesome. Uh, That's going to do it for this edition of BPX After Dark, the Alpha Bomb edition produced by Radish Digital, the official media partner of Block Packs. That is digital with a J. I, again, want to thank everyone who offered their thoughts, either in the spaces or in the comment section on X or Discord. Thank you for the gift of your time and your attention. We will continue this conversation in the Block Packs general, where I'm sure Eric and Frenchie will be able to respond to anything that you are discussing and conversating about in the future. I, of course, also want to thank Frenchie and Eric for coming up and hyping this new, incredible season that we will be seeing for the year of Block Packs. I also want to thank everybody who has provided any support, feedback, or constructive criticism to make BPX After Dark the best show it can possibly be. Like I said, it's a community-based show, and you all continue to deliver in spades. We will be refreshing next week's, uh, the next three weeks' worth of programming on the Block Pack's general channel for BPX After Dark. Next week, we are going to invite Outer Lumen, who hosted an absolutely fantastic X Spaces this week, to come on and discuss their newfound connection to the Lost Miners, their understanding of Web3 history and fascination behind it, and thoughts on Block Packs and beyond. She is as thoughtful and as wise and as fun as they come, and it's sure to make for great conversation you will not want to miss. Thank you all very much for listening in for these last couple hours. I wish you the best of evenings. Take care, everyone, and have a great night. You've been listening to BPX After Dark, broadcast live each Thursday night at 6 p.m. Pacific in X Spaces over at Radish Digital. That's digital with a J. If you've made it this far, please take a second and hit that subscribe button to the BPX After Dark podcast. Why miss content like this when you can get notified every time there's a new show? We want to thank you, the listener. We could not do this without you. And a special thanks to those in the audience who raised their hand, came on stage, and also, of course, helped make Block Packs the best community out there. Block Packs is a community built by collectors for collectors. I've been your host, GT, and that's going to be it for this show. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next week.